Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Yes, hello, and welcome to another episode of Affirmative Murder, the Equal Opportunity True Crime Comedy Podcast. I am Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner in true crime, Francel Evans. What up? And we are coming to you live on Mother's Day. It's not technically live because you can listen to a podcast whenever you want, but we are recording on Mother's Day, so we want to give a shout out to all the mothers out there, all the mammies, the mamitas, whatever it is that you call the woman that raised you, shout out to you. It's some fathers out there that's having a Mother's Day too, so shout out to them as well. You know, we do not discriminate on this podcast. You know, you know, you know, we know the story of the, you know, uh, single mother, but it's, it's some single fathers out there yeah. playing both roles. So yeah. shout out to them as well. Uh, Fran, what's going on, man? How you doing today? Pretty good, man. Uh, I'm, I got here early so I can uh, we can do this and then I got to go out and run around. Yeah, you got you got to go do you got duties. Yeah. And then um, hopefully at the end of the day, I can just relax. That's 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 not how you want to phrase it. You want to <laughs> phrase it like, you know, the day. It's her day, and I, all day I can go all day. All day is her day. Then the night, I want to relax. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like a certain time Mother's Day should end at, like, you know. It's, yeah, you, I mean, sunset. Like yeah. <laughs> but especially if you get to it early. Yeah. If you get to it early, it's like, you should be tired too, Mom. Right. <laughs> you should be tired too. The kids are tired. Everybody's tired if you right. do your job right. Right. You even had ice cream and and brunch and all yeah. that. And, yeah. and, and and the day the night is over now. I'm gonna go ahead and watch a movie and put my feet up. Yeah. I respect that. I just got up did some things. So you know, I'm not gonna say that women complain about, but you know, women be like, "Can you do this, please?" So I got. Yeah. Up, you know, everybody cut, got that honeydew list. Cut the grass yeah, 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 this morning. Yeah, everybody got the honeydew yeah, list. So I, I, you know, I can get it. Yeah. I don't cut good. my own grass, but you know, I, know, I get the grass cut, and and that's the same thing to me. We have this conversation a lot. I feel like you should cut your grass. I feel like why should I? You know, I am fortunate enough to be able to help somebody in a time of crisis. You know, as people unemployed, and I can if help my, excuse, I can help my, sure? I can help my gardener stay employed. I'm fortunate enough sure. to be able to do that, man. Sure. I'm a, I'm a patriot. Sure. You know, but we don't need to get into that. Right. Speaking <laughs> of, you know, being patriotic and doing your duty, uh, all the affirminators out there, I want to give a big, major shout out to y'all. As of today, there are three days left on our bonfire T-shirt campaign. Yeah, we have sold 39 out of 50 shirts. That is amazing. If we never, if we don't sell any more shirts and don't hit the goal, I'm perfectly content with that because every shirt will be printed and sent out to the person who's bought it. But I am uh, an overachiever and I do like to win goals that I set. Yeah. So there are 11 shirts left. And if yeah. you're listening to this 
day of, which would be tomorrow, which would be Monday, May 11th, there's still two days left. So if yeah. you haven't gotten a shirt, get a shirt. I mean, you can get a late Mother's Day gift for your mom. Yeah. She might not listen to the podcast, but I personally think that the shirt is pretty dope. So she might just it might just pique her interest in going to go listen to the podcast. Yeah. You know, buy or for buy, a friend or something. Buy for a friend. Buy a shirt for your dog. You yeah. know, whatever. You know, we're in really crunch time right now. I don't really give a shit what you do with the shirt. You know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's up yeah. to you. You can use it as a chamois, clean yeah. your car. It's whatever you want. It's it's quality material. So you know, it can be used as some kind of you know cleaning apparatus do what you want with the shirt that you buy yeah but like i said if we never sell another shirt 39 is an incredible goal and it was used as more of uh you know uh data mining anyway now we know that when we go to do any other kind of merch i feel like right around 39 might be what we cap at what we buy yeah so we don't get stuck with anything that nobody wants to buy is the message i'm taking or maybe drop the maybe drop the number lower than that maybe drop the, that'll be the cap we go even lower just to be safe yeah you know that was the purpose just of be this. like you know Got these we got twenty five. We got twenty five. Whatever. By now. Yeah, yeah. There's By, no waiting for sure. Yeah, because it came out of the gates. We sold. We sold almost twenty shirts first day. Yeah, and then it started to taper off. So it came out hot. So yeah. maybe we cap it at twenty, and we know. Look, man, get it while it's hot. Because yeah. we know we'll sell 20 yeah. of these things. Some type of limited edition or something yeah, like that? Yeah, for sure. That, I mean, that that's, was the whole purpose of this experiment. Yeah. And I'm happy with the research that I was able to garner. And uh, I appreciate everybody who bought a shirt. And since the first shirt was bought... Every shirt after that will be printed. That's the whole purpose of the campaign. If yeah. you sell one shirt, one shirt will get printed and sent to the person that bought it. So everybody who bought a shirt will get a shirt. Thank you very much. And uh, moving on to some uh, more somber news out of that, uh, you know, <clears throat> me personally, uh, uh, the whole Ahmaud Arbery case, I feel like it's been talked about, you know, ad nauseum. I feel like everybody's kind of giving their take on it, but... You know, we do our podcast on this day, and that's just what it is what it is. And this is the platform that I have to kind of speak my mind. So I'm not gonna not say it because it's been talked about. A whole, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's like uh, like Tiger King. Like, oh, everybody talks about Tiger King, so let's not talk about. It. It's like, no, we're two young black men in America. We have a platform that we speak on, and I feel like we should give our thoughts and opinions on the situation. You know, um, friend, are you aware of the situation? Yeah. Okay, question. Cool. Oh, I just wanted to make sure. So for those of you who aren't, I don't know who isn't, but let's just give a recap. Ahmaud Arbery was a young man in Georgia who was going for a run. Allegedly, uh, this was back in February of this year. Allegedly, according to the murderers, because that's, that's what I'll refer to them as, Travis McMichael and Gregory McMichael, father and son, they saw him running through a house or like an, uh, an, un- an unfinished house. Mm-hmm. Or he was peeking through the window or something like that. And according to them, there had been a string of burglaries and they thought he fit the description, which we both fit the description before, just riding down the street. And you, you, we, they said there was some black dudes in a car. Mm-hmm. So we pulled your car over. That's happened to me on several occasions. Uh, so he fit the description according to these two civilians and they mounted up. Uh, and got a convoy together. It was father and son in one truck and the guy who filmed the video in another truck. Maybe he was armed. I don't know. And But the father and son definitely were. And they decided to trace, uh, to track this man down, hunt him, mm-hmm. and confront him about something, which he had no obligation to answer them, stop for them, do anything for them. Yeah. But because he had the audacity to not do that, the situation escalated and he was murdered in the street like a dog. Yeah. Um, it is... One of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. Um, I implore people to just stop sharing the video. It doesn't need it. You know, let's just let's share the message. People don't need to see that anymore. Um, from the looks of the video, it appeared as though he was running to defend himself, which is, you know, somebody's pointing a gun at you. You only got a couple of options, you know, yeah. especially if they cut you off in the direction that you're running. Yeah. 
You either, you know, you duck off into the bushes and get shot in the back or you confront the situation head on. And it appears it appears that that's what Ahmaud Arbery did. He fought for his life and, yeah. you know, he lost tragically. But it it was really a truly despicable thing. And we only found about found out about it about five days ago. This happened yeah. in February. The the guys were never brought in. One of them's a former police officer. And, you know, who knows? I just wanna I wanted to be clear to the people that like justice wasn't served. Like justice was taken. Yeah. People rallied around this this video and the travesty that it was. But look at how look at how like obvious it has to be for a situation like this to happen where people can be brought in on charges it has to be point blank murder on camera yeah Trayvon Martin there was some speculation and there wasn't a direct absolute camera footage but this exact same thing happened to Trayvon Martin George Zimmerman there there were some break-ins or something in the neighborhood and he saw a kid who looked suspicious to him because he had his hoodie up and he decided you know what not in my neighborhood Mm -hmm. and he decided to stalk that young man track him down and a conflict arose and that's why this whole self-defense law it trips me out because what about his self-defense yeah what about Trayvon Martin's uh right to defend himself from a creepy man stalking a child Mm -hmm. what about Ahmaud Arbery's right to defend himself from two people pulling up in a truck with guns and him to be able to fight for his life why is it self why is it why can they even say it's self-defense if they were at their home not being bothered by this man and decided to go stalk him with guns and the situation escalated as it, why wouldn't it escalate? Yeah. You know, I think in their mind, they thought we pull up with these guns. He's going to see we're not playing around. He's going to stop for us and answer our questions. And it's like, who are you to decide that you have that ability to do that to a person? That bullshit citizens arrest. Like, I don't, I just, I don't like sis. I don't understand the point of citizens arrest. Yeah, man, it's, it's real vigilante shit, man. Like this is not Gotham city. You are not Batman. You have no right, unless you catch a person in your home committing a crime, mind your fucking business, man. Call the police and have them come out and do their job because you don't know what's going on. You see a person bent down, you know, uh, looking at their car. There was a video a couple years ago. There was a dude who was, his car was broken down and a young woman was up in her apartment building and called the police because it looked like he was breaking into a car. Mm -hmm. The police come out, wrap him up, tased him. And all this shit, and it was his car. Yeah. You know? So even when you call the police, the shit can go sideways. But when it goes this way, this is absolutely apprehensible, man. I, you know, if, if it was a police officer that did this, I would feel the same way. But it's even, more, it's even more disgusting because we're at a point now where, you know, Botham John was in his apartment building. Mm-hmm. You know, he was at home minding his business. A police officer comes in and shoot him. You know, Trayvon Martin was going to get some fucking Skittles, man. I think it was the All-Star game was on. He just was looking to get some snacks mm-hmm. and, and, and come home and watch the game. You know, so many, all these relatable incidents. And people can say what they want about the Mike Brown situation, you know, about him running towards the police or whatever. But that man was gunned down in the street. You, you know, you, whatever you want to say how the situation went, it, it didn't go the way it should have went. And then this situation happens. And all of these situations, it, it, I feel so... We're all living the human experience, right? Mm. It's just like, it's just that me, me and your experience is through the lens of a black man in America. Yeah. You know, everybody's human. We all have, as humans, we all have these similar experiences. We all, you know, wake up in the morning and get breakfast and whatever. It's all the human experience. But there's some experiences that are uniquely to your own. And as a, a black man in America, I absolutely know what it's like that when this pandemic kicked off, I was like, wear a mask. You have to wear a mask in the store. Yeah. I I don't I don't know. That's I don't know if I want to do that. Yeah. And I don't think that I don't think that everybody's experience 
gave them that apprehension like it gave you or me. Mm. You know, thinking that I'm going to walk into a store and be uh, mistaken for a burglar. Yeah. And I could get shot walking into a liquor store, walking into a giant, and my life could be taken away because of some mandate that the state is saying I have to do. Mm-hmm. I don't think that came across everybody's mind in the human experience. But in our experience, it did. And I know what it's like to be cooped up in the house. We all been cooped up in the house. And you decide, you know, I'm going to go for a run today. And I don't think anybody leaves their house going for a run thinking that shit could just go this sideways. Yeah. You know? So it makes you have to rethink. The Botham John situation made me have to rethink. Like, damn, what the fuck? Like, I can just, it could just be at home? That shit fucked me up for a while. Yeah. It's at, at my house? At my house, yeah. At my house, it can go like this. And now it's like, oh, I think that the message gets lost a lot of times because you should always respect the person that it happens to, mm-hmm. right? So this terrible thing happened to Ahmaud Arbery. But I think when it's a person that you can put a face to, the message get, gets lost. And the message isn't like, rest in peace, Ahmaud Arbery. The message, the message is that, but the bigger message is, this was a black man running in his own neighborhood and two people who have racial and prejudiced feelings towards people that look a certain way decided who he was without knowing him mm-hmm. and went out and did something to that person based on the color of their skin. That is bigger than Ahmaud Arbery. That's every every black man in America should feel that yeah. because it's it's not, it's not it's, it wasn't Ahmad Arbery they, that they killed they killed a dude who fit the description of a black man yeah. in their neighborhood which also apparently was his neighborhood so it's like why doesn't he have a right to be in his neighborhood as well yeah you know it's just such a crazy story man it it, it really is it's such a it's such a crazy story but then it's not a crazy story because I I know personal accounts from friends of like. I'm in my uncle's neighborhood and have been rolled up on by the neighborhood security. What are you doing around here? It's like, I'm, I'm at my family's house, mm-hmm. you know, but you don't, you don't look like you're supposed to be here. Mm-hmm. So we have to approach you about that. Yeah. You know, and that's just, that's just a part of living in America. Really? It really is. I mean, I, I've, I've been in, I've been in neighborhoods that might look a little nicer as a young person. And, and it just feels like they're, everybody's like, what is he, is he working or why is he here? Mm-hmm. You know? And and I don't think that I should have to feel that way. Yeah. Nobody should have to feel like they have to prove they belong somewhere or prove that you're one of the good ones, quote unquote, or whatever these things are that, you know, America tries to box us in and, and go, you have to prove that you're worthy mm-hmm. to walk in these circles. You know, it just was it just was an overall tragic situation, man. What, what, yeah. what, you got any you got any thoughts on it? Um, yeah, just uh my take on it is like why why are we just finding out like two months later after this because they were going to bury this it happened because they what they were going to bury it yeah yeah, yeah. They, it was self-defense yeah. and that was that was going to be the end of it yeah it was just but it's just like now you know, it's like their the video. lawyers released this no i they're, yeah why to justify they are they're they so yeah. fucked up and racist yeah. in their heads that they thought oh this will this will clear things up yeah. obviously we yeah. were in the right yeah like they got a they got a facebook group out and it's like so there's so many stories around the whole thing. It's like um, I don't know what to believe uh-huh. as far as they saying that, um, you know, Ahmad had history with the father, I think, or something. Like he got charged for something, or they had some type. What, of- what I heard was he had history with the DA. Okay, because they because they yeah, had, yeah, yeah. they had a a few district attorneys had passed up on this case, mm-hmm. and one was a conflict of interest because one of them knew the father because he was a former police officer, mm-hmm. and another one was because he said he knew. Ahmad because he had dealt with a case that he had or something yeah. like that. 
so he rec- he recused himself as well. Mm. I don't know. I haven't heard about anything with the father and Ahmad. I yeah. haven't heard. Of, I haven't oh, okay. Heard. It's just um, yeah, like they all really try to justify. Like, I mean, they was in the right. They was calling you know self hired you know self defense. I like, don't even. You pull up with a shotgun. I need a definition of self defense. Like though. what? Like and the citizens arrest. But I'm tired. Of, I'm so tired of hearing that citizens arrest yeah. bullshit. Like you just can't go around and just walk around with guns. It's like I don't even like down south. I don't even. I have no reason to even go down there. It's like I don't even want to. I don't want to go anywhere near Georgia. I don't even. Yeah. I don't even want to go near there. Like, why should I even? <laughs> me and my mom were having a talk, and she looked at me like I'm like I was crazy. And I mean, maybe I am crazy just because I have you know internal and genetic trauma from watching footage of people being hung from trees. Yeah. But my mom was talking about how she, how she wanted to go to New Orleans. And I have my own fears in New Orleans just because I don't like voodoo. Yeah. And I think that that's a very spooky town. Yeah. But it is also very cool. I love live music. It's all got all those things. And my uncle has a kid who I've told mm-hmm. you about who with the one the the girl lives in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And she my mom was supposed to go to New Orleans this, <laughs> this summer or like in March or something. Mm-hmm. That fell through, obviously, because of the whole COVID yeah. thing. So she didn't go. But she was saying she was planning on going to New Orleans, having a good time, and then driving from New Orleans to Alabama. And I was like, are you crazy? Yeah. Driving through those fucking backwoods of the South? Are you, like, all it takes is some weird police officer, or you get a flat tire outside of some creep, creepy fucking shack yeah. where some hillbillies live, and shit can go sideways. But that's my imagery of the South in my mind. And yeah. it could be super fucking prejudice of me and wrong and all those yeah, things. me too. But that's just how I feel. I feel, yeah. like, I feel like they're 50 years behind, and... I don't want to just be driving down back roads mm-hmm. in the South. Mm-hmm. It brings up terrible imagery to me. Yeah. I have no reason to go down there. It's just... Um, but this was Georgia, though. I mean, it was it was still. like not Atlanta, but like it was Georgia. You know, I don't know. Georgia's yeah. pretty conservative and, 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 and whatever. But, you know, Atlanta has this imagery of like, you know, the black... It's Wakanda. Yeah. You know, so when you hear Georgia, I always think of Atlanta, but it's a big state. Yeah. I, I just don't... I have no reason to go down there. I don't want to. Too many sad stories in those areas. I feel like I shouldn't even. Why go down there? Isn't that sad though? That's sad. That but you it, don't but, feel like you can go anywhere. What yeah. if? What if? What if? Fucking where this part of Georgia that he's from is gorgeous. You yeah. Know? But you feel like you're not welcome there. Yeah. But That's stuff crazy, like this. Man. Stuff That's like this. Crazy. All the races come out. They all come out of the woodworks. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's okay. With the self defense. Yeah. It's okay being. It's okay being freely. Openly racist now, oh, yeah, and yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's pretty. Crazy. And it's like, um, how I think about it sometimes is like, you know, how I mean, a lot of people think about. it. I'm sure you do. It's like, how can you be racist of somebody's skin color that we don't have a choice to choose? It's not like it's it's not like we it's not like it's 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 a it's it's a mental disease. Yeah, bro. but it's not it like really it's is. not like a it's not like we we was born and picked the team. Like, yeah, I want to yeah. be. It's not like you know white people go, oh, you know, like I chose to up. be white. Yeah, this signed, is my yeah, team. Yeah, it's like I, what? I, I, like you I just happened up, to be white, bro. Yeah, like it's, just, it's that. I, that's wild fell. to me. It's like I feel like now I should like I should wear a t shirt that says you know I'm black, but I'm not a threat. It's like I it's like I should wear a t shirt that that has that on the back all the at all times it would, it for people matter. to go. You know, he's matter, not. It, would, it wouldn't matter. That's crazy. They wouldn't see that shirt. Yeah, they they only see your face, your hair, your clothes, and makeup. There, you know. I think that it's it's stupid for people to try to I think there's this movement of people I think it's mostly like kind of liberal white people that are like let we need to end racism and and check our white friends and all this and it's like if your friend's racist the odds are of you convincing him not to be racist is are slim you yeah. know like they are who they are so just disassociate from them I think that's the best way to go and I think we should focus more on 
trying to eradicate prejudice. Yeah. Because prejudice can be eradicated because, you know, I'm I'm the most not like fucking woke and uh people a joke is a joke and I think context matters and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. But in reality, stereotypes in this country are rewarded or at least have been up to now. I think it's starting to go too far. People are starting to check the wrong people. You know, people are going at Robert Downey Jr. for Tropic Thunder. That was, you know, it's like, that was oh, a movie. Yeah, like, yeah, that was a movie. You know what I mean? But like, nobody said anything about it then. That's what I mean. It's yeah. like, it already happened. You can't like retroactively go back and, yeah. and try to get somebody and catch them. It was, yeah. He did it on film. It was a, it was a movie. It came on the theaters. Yeah. It wasn't at a party, you know? But um, I think that uh, prejudice jokes and prejudice feelings in this country are rewarded with, you know, laughs mm-hmm. and, you know, movie deals and, 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 and money and spots on um, news shows and coming and spouting, spouting your racist views. And I think that if we take a step back and deconstruct with stereotypes, that helps people of all races. You know, like if, if, if a thug isn't associated with being black, but is associated with, you know, what you do, you know, uh, you know, whatever, whatever. If these aren't like a thug is a black person. Yeah. If a, if a thug is just like erase the color and the thug is a person who does X, Y, and Z. Because mm-hmm. Al Capone was a thug. Yeah. You know, John Gotti was a thug. These are all thugs. But the the thug, the, the if you Google thug, it's a dude with his pants hanging low yeah. and a gun and he's black and he's got cornrows and gold teeth and all these kind of things. And but it's hard to do that when you got people that's out there making music that's call themselves that has names that that has that and then they call themselves that. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard to separate those two. If but you now have, we live in a time now where it's, it's white kids doing that. Yeah, but Takashi Six Nine is not black. Yeah, but and I'm, he's not a thug. Yeah, <laughs> he, he just is. He knows that taking what is quote unquote black culture, mm-hmm. putting it on like a costume and screaming, it scares older white people, but entrances their children. And gets them to click on the streams and all this kind of thing. The costume of a black person is the coolest costume in the world mm-hmm. until shit gets real. Mm-hmm. Until something's missing in your house. Until we move in next door to you. Until X. Until Y. Until Z. But before then, everybody wants to do the dances and sing the songs and wear the clothes and all that kind of stuff. It's super It's, it's super fun to be black until it's not fun to be black. Yeah. And I think that we can... We have a better shot of destroying prejudice than we do ending racism. Racism is just, especially now when I'm seeing these kids making these TikToks. I'm like, you're 16. Yeah. Somebody that was passed down to you these feelings. Yeah. Well, TikTok is super racist. It's number of racism TikToks. Sorry. But that's the, but TikTok is also super young. Yeah. So why are we still telling ourselves this lie of like, well, you know, eventually all these racists they'll die because no. they're all 80. No. It's like, no, they're not. Well, especially if you get attention for it, people don't just do it. Some people, some of them kids not I even mean, racist. They just get they get the reaction they're looking for, and then they yeah. just like, oh, it's funny. I'll, I'll follow this. Yeah. I want more clicks and streams and yeah. things, so I'll do a. I, this is fun. This is fun for me to do. Yeah. And um. I don't know. I sometimes I some days I wake up and I feel like we should just you know start to you know uh, hunker down on racist jokes and all this kind of stuff. And other days I'm like, well, I get maybe if we just all just um, let it go, people would see that it's not uh, as powerful as they thought, and it would go away that way. But then it's like, but it hasn't though. Yeah. Like I've I've tried to feel that way, and it and it. That everybody, just the way all the racists aren't going to die, all the people who are like, no, I'm not your your N word or make a, I'll punch you in your mouth if you say something racist to me. Yeah, that's the same. Those two teams will never die. So it's like you get caught in the middle where you're like, 
I don't know, man. Like, it's just, it's just not, it's not funny to me. But I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna make a scene. Mm-hmm. I'm just not gonna laugh. But then there's people who will laugh, and there's people who will fight, and that's always gonna be the case. Yeah. So I don't know what the end scenario is. It really feels like the depressing conclusion appears to be like it'll never end yeah that really appears to be there's always going to be somebody who's like don't say racist shit and there's always going to be somebody who's like i have a right to say whatever i want including racist shit yeah and those two teams are never really going to go anywhere so it feels like we're at a standstill and shit like this will continue to happen and stereotypes will continue to exist because no matter how much a joke is funny Mm -hmm. it still perpetuates those feelings it's like, ha yeah, black people do steal shit or they do talk loud in the movie theater and oh yeah oh, oh this so then it never really ends, and then those jokes when it's not funny anymore. Well, that the I mean, those have, don't have to be racist jokes, though. People just see that and then just attach it to black people. That's that don't necessarily mean it's racist. Sure, I mean, yeah, yeah, sure, but it it's racist. It's it's racist when you just when it's not funny when you're saying it not to be funny. Oh, okay, yeah. If it's like, oh, you know, if if a black person is saying a joke about black people loving chicken. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. But if I'm at a wedding and a group of white people come up to me and I'm like, man, I know you want some chicken. And yeah. it's like you attacking me about it. Yeah. It's not funny. It's not yeah. a joke, you know? Yeah, I get so it. So it's just, it's this, it's this weird situation where it's like, everything's a joke until it's not. And all the stuff that's jokes comes from real shit and it can be used as real shit when the funny's over. Yeah. So I don't, you know, I don't really know, man. I don't know. Yeah. I Being black like, is yeah. rough, man. It's, it's not even, it's not even just about White people, racist white people. It's like no, it's, you got, it's you other got your, black people. You got your own people. Yeah, yeah. That can you know attack you and yeah. It's wild. Man. I remember being like seven and being. <laughs> this is such a weird kid thing, but being seven and, and my cousins being like, "You cuss funny," because I, I guess I just didn't cuss with the sauce the way that they cussed, mm-hmm. and I think it was just because. My grandmother, like, whenever every summer I would go out to Vegas, mm-hmm. she would like break all the Baltimore out of me. Like, I couldn't get, I couldn't get, I couldn't get water if I said, like, can I get some water? Or I couldn't get a hot dog if I said, can I get a hot dog? So I come back from summer vacation. And I'm like, man, fuck this, guys. Am I right? Let's get some hot dogs. And they're like, what the fuck are you talking about? You know. So, but even those kind of little things where it's like that didn't like alter the course of my life but it's such it's a it's one of those kind of things it's just it's one of those little things that give you like a little bit of self-consciousness where it's like am i not why am i not cool as y'all why, why are yeah why are you saying i'm not doing something that's i'm doing the same thing as y'all but i'm doing it weird yeah you know and that's from other black people you know what i mean so i um i think it's a donald glover quote he said being being black is like being schizophrenic hmm. you know and i'm not saying i know what it's like to be schizophrenic but i know that throughout the course of the day I'll see this person and I'll talk to them about this and I'll see this person and I'll talk to them about this. I'll see this person. I might say this that way and then say the same thing this way to somebody else. Yeah. You're constantly just kind of molding yourself to be like, okay, well now I'm around these people, you know, code switching and, and you know, uh, when you're making sure that like, when you walk into the mall, you take your hood down and, and all these kind of like just these little things that you don't see other people doing. Like if you're with a group of mixed race people as a friendship and go do all the same things all day everybody's going to do some different things, but I guarantee you black people will do more things where it's like, why are you doing that? You yeah. know, why are you, why are you, uh, you know, being so smiley and friendly to the, to the, uh, waiter here. It's like, I want them to know that I'm going to tip them and like, uh, I'm not going to run out on the bill. I'm yeah. just trying to, I just want to create a rapport where I go. So they know I'm not going to do the thing that they already think I'm going to do. Yeah. I feel like I do that too. Until I, until somebody pisses me off and that's when my switch goes, you know what? Fuck I it. may, I may not, I might just walk out of here. <laughs> it's just like I yeah. can't even like 
that sometimes happens. Like I'll be, you know, friend and some since they'll do something piss me off. And uh-huh. it's like, well, well now, now I have to turn my black on. Yeah, yeah. Now, this, now you, this is what smiley, you wanted. Smiley, now, goofy, goofy. now I done turned it on. Yeah, the smiley, smiley, goofy, yeah. goofy's done now, and yeah. uh, you know. You might get uh, no money yeah. on this table. Yeah, you know? I remember one time I used to, you know, because Paramore was my favorite band, still one of my favorite bands. I used uh-huh. to wear the shirt and tight jeans and all that. People was like, you know what? I don't, you know. I had the girl go. I, <laughs> I'm not used to seeing somebody dress like you like that, or whatever. Uh-huh. And then like, I think one of the guys we work with said something that pissed me off, and that's when I had to like say something. I'm gonna fuck you up. Like All right, a white straight guy, up, right? yeah, like a white guy. Oh, okay. I'm a fuck. Oh. I'm a fuck you up. How about the Paramore shirt? What did he say? Paramore sucks. It was something. It was something. I don't know. It had I'll something to do with that. Paramore. Yeah, yeah okay. it was something that he says, and it pissed me off. And that's right. when I just had to turn the switch on. And like, they go, oh. whoa, wait, hold yeah, man. I didn't exactly. know. I thought you were like a hot topic black. Yeah, nah. Yeah. And no. so you, you you say something I don't like, and that's when I got to switch it up on you. Opposite thing, man. I remember when I was in high school, I had kind of, I have, I still have kind of resting bitch face. I think it's because I have like a sloped forehead, so it always, I just always look a little like, yeah, don't fuck with me, yeah. And I moved to a new school, and it was a predominantly white school. And for the first like six days of me being there, um, I you know I'm I'm a I'm a quiet guy when I don't know anybody in the room. Yeah. But then slowly but surely you get to get comfortable. And yeah. It took me about that. It took me about a, the first week of school to be like I'm new, but like I'm not gonna not have friends or whatever. And after that first week, I started to get some friends, and everybody was like, "Yeah, man, uh, we were super like intimidated by you when you were in here, and then you kind of were like." Hey guys, you guys see uh, <laughs> you guys see Community last night? And they're like, oh, okay, oh, oh. <laughs> oh man, I thought you were like a threat or something, like, you know. So, and that's just, I just think that's so funny that yeah. if I, to me, I'm not doing anything, but yeah. the world is already has prejudged you, yeah, from your just from your face. They're like, okay, well, he's scary or whatever, you know. So, it's just those little kind of things that we've had to navigate through, and I'm sure Ahmad Aubrey had to navigate through. And the thing that fucks me up is like, I remember. Both of us, I feel like it, it was either 21. It's every year. After, it's every year after like 21. We kind of go like, no arrests, no, 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 you know, no criminal record, never been yeah. shot, man. Salute to us. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and Ahmad was 25. He would have been 26 on Friday, May 8th. Mm-hmm. You know, they, they put together a run. Like everybody was going out and doing a 2.23 mile run yeah. for, uh, you know, because that was the day he was murdered. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of like a little tribute to him. And uh, he... He was 25, man. I'm sure yeah. he went through those same kind of things. I don't know what his criminal background is. Not that it matters, but he was he was alive at 25. You know, that's something to be celebrated, sadly. Yeah. That to be black, a black man in this country and to make it past 21 and not be in jail for the rest of your life or be shot, stabbed, murdered, whatever, you know. And now he is. Yeah. Now he can't say that. He couldn't say that at his 26th birthday party. He didn't get to make it to that, you know. So those are the... Those are the things I think about when I hear these stories. Mm-hmm. You know, Trayvon Martin was like 15. I think we were, might have been like 17 when it happened. Yeah. And you think about like how many times when we were 15, you go, we're at your house sleeping over. And it's like, man, I'm hungry. Man, let's go to 7-Eleven and get some snacks or whatever. And to think about walking through some neighborhood and a person saying we look suspicious. And it going, it could go that sideways that quick, you know? Yeah. It like just, we walked home like twelve in the morning. You know, one time it's like it could have just been like, "What are you? Why are you yeah, walking here?" Yeah. It could go that. It could go that way that fast. Yeah, you know? it's just crazy. Um, but yeah, that's all. That's all. Really, the thoughts I have on it. I feel like um, everything that should be said has been said by smarter people than us, and you know all those things. But rest in peace to Ahmad Arbery. Yeah, it was really a tragic situation. And then to move into something. Also sad, uh, you know, it's not sad, it's a celebration, man. Um, Little Richard passed away 
uh, Friday or Saturday, I believe. Little Richard was the architect of rock and roll. He he literally pioneered, if not invented, rock and roll. Uh, rock and roll is just rhythm and blues done by white musicians. That's that 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 was the origins of rock and roll. Mm-hmm. You know, they took Little Richard songs and Elvis sang them and the Beatles sang them, and then people loved them more. Mm-hmm. And by people, I mean like the uh, white people. Yeah, pa- that's what that's. I feel like. Elvis and and the Beatles were like the first pop stars. And all a pop star is is like people other than black people listen to your music. Or people yeah. other than this little niche. Like if you're a reggaeton artist and only Puerto Ricans and Dominicans listen to you, then I don't you're just a you just make reggaeton music. But then when you become Bad Bunny, mm-hmm. you're a pop star. Yeah. When it's like I don't know when white people are like, I don't know what he's saying, but I love this song. Yeah. Then you're a pop star. So Little Richard was a black soul singer or whatever. And then when Elvis sang his songs. The songs became pop songs. Yeah, because white people were like, "Oh my God, we can set, we have soul too." Yeah, but they yeah. just were stealing his music. Yeah, and but the Beatles came out and said, "They was like, well, we owe everything to." Oh, for sure. I mean, the, the right, the if you really respect artistry and musicianship, you're gonna give credit to where you got your influences from. Yeah. And Paul McCartney has always done that. Yeah. But it doesn't matter if the if the public is like, "No, no, no, shut up, Paul. It's you. You yeah. did it." And he's like, "No, no, no. It was Little Richard and and, and Chuck Berry and, 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 and no, 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 no. We don't care." You did it. Yeah. So shut up. You and Elvis invented rock and roll, and that's what we're going to go with. So shut up. And then eventually you just got to go, I guess I'll shut up. I don't know. I'm not going to keep, you know what I mean? Like, I, fuck yeah. it. Um, but Little Richard, I love Little Richard because he never let that point go. Every interview you go to, he, I'm the architect. I originated this. They don't give me credit for nothing. Nothing. He One always the, said that. Oh, that's his, that's his <laughs> catch line. If you don't know Little Richard for anything yeah. else, you know him from the the iconic show Martin. He was in yeah. an episode of Martin, and it's one of the best Martin episodes ever. Yeah. He plays an, an erratic exterminator who is, and he's Little Richard. He's yeah. <laughs> he's playing Little. It's so funny when you, as an adult, you go. It's so funny to think about like he's playing like, oh yeah, I'm Little Richard. I don't yeah. get credit for nothing, and yeah. I, I now I kill rats. Yeah. Oh, now you have, me, you have a piano. Walk yeah. that piano. Like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. That was excellent. Yeah, that's that's Little Richard, the most arrogant, yeah. but it, it's always in the funniest way. Yeah. It's never like exhausting. It's yeah. always he's just hilarious, yep. and he's a light that'll be missed. Uh, my buddy Les, there's some information I don't think I can really speak on, but he was working on a project that a movie project that had Little Richard involved, and he mm-hmm. was called in to do some things involving that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so Little Richard was very much a topic of our conversations for the last like year and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, he was trying to learn how to have his mannerisms, his laugh. Did he meet him? No, no, oh, no, okay. no. Um, uh, but Les always, Little Richard is very much in the wheelhouse of what his music genre is when he mm-hmm. performs on stage. So he yeah. does Little Richard songs all the time. Yeah. So it it hurt me to have to text him and tell him that because yeah. I know it was, we, we it, he became very much like, sending memes and gifts and videos of little richard and interviews and we just had a blast yeah you know just enjoying little richard over the last year and a half specifically but you know um we'll continue to do that you know is this it's, it, i'll take back the somber thing it's not a somber thing he, he should be celebrated little richard yeah. was an icon he was hilarious he was incredible full life 80 for sure 87 yeah and rock and roll hall of fame and you know, I would assume he, you know, didn't want for anything. I would, you know, as much as he complains about not being given the credit, I'm sure he got money. Yeah, you know, I'm sure he was paid. Maybe not what he should have been paid, but n- not nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah, I don't think Little Richard died like you know, poor and lonely. No. You no. know, so shout out to Little Richard. He lived absolutely a full life, and we're gonna go out to Long Tong's Long Tall Sally and just celebrate Richard for a little bit. And when we come back, we can get into some fucked up shit. So stick around. 
All right, and we are back. Fran, it's my turn to go first this week, man. So uh, my affirmative murder this week is, uh, you know, it's Mother's Day, it's, you know, so I want to do something family oriented, and so I wanted to just do a story it's of family a nice, oriented. Yeah, I just want to do a nice <laughs> a story of a nice American family. Um, this is the story of the Bender family. Okay, this is America's like America's first serial killer family, mm. according to legend. Uh, so uh, the Bender family, also referred to as the Bloody Benders were a family of serial killers who owned a small general store and motel in Labette County, Kansas, from 1872 to 1873. The motel was a dingy place called the Wayside Inn. The family consisted of John Bender, his wife Kate, son John Jr., and daughter Kate. So back, you know, back then you could name your daughter after you. I think that's kind of weird now. Yeah. What do you actually what are your thoughts on that, man? Like a junior, like a girl junior. Is that sexist? We're gonna have the conversation, so it doesn't matter. But I just it makes it feels weird to me. But what do you think? Like name, like name. Yeah, like Sophia, my, my, my name. Mar- no, like like if if Stephanie's name was Sophia, and she's like, I want to name her Sophia Junior. I think it's weird. It's weird, right? Yeah. But I think it comes from sexism. But I'm fine yeah. with addressing. If it was another that, term, know? then yeah. If it was another <laughs> like feminine so- term, yeah. Then <laughs> that's that's Junior's yeah. not feminine. Nah, just nah. <laughs> Stephanie Stephanie can't pass on her legacy, man. She can't like this is Stephanie Jr. Just no, just give her the same name and then that's not it. Not the junior part? It's not the junior. Well, maybe that's what Kate did. <laughs> Kate was like, This is my daughter, Kate. Yeah. Kate what? She's just Kate. also Kate. Yeah. It's so not, she's named after you? Yeah. No, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Different middle name. She's just also oh, Kate. Okay, yeah. Oh, I don't know that. I'm just saying. Okay. If we're going along with your thing, yeah, she, that's fine. we have to make it not Kate Jr. So it's like I'm Kate Ambrosia, you know, Bender, and this is Kate. You know, uh, Stephanie. She uh, could be in junior, but just don't don't announce the junior, the junior yeah. part on there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like you would feel weird if you were like, "Hey, junior," and she's like, "Yes, dad." Yeah, and that's weird. Like, yeah, I feel like other people go, "Wait, what?" <laughs> yeah, this is <laughs> her name's Francelle. No, her name's Stephanie. She, she's junior. That's junior. Yeah, this all is definitely sexism, but yeah. that's fine. I just, it just I I I know it feels weird. Yeah, you know, don't do that. I that's the think. pinpoint of it is sexism, but it still is weird. Yeah. It's weird. But don't don't do that. Don't. Yeah, like oh. it's, you know, like uh, it's weird. Yeah, it's, <laughs> I don't have a reason for why it's weird. Yeah. It just is. Anyway, uh, so following the American Civil War, the United States government moved the Osage Indians from Labette County to a new Indian territory located in what would eventually be called Oklahoma. So you know, uh, don't be going there. Oklahoma? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really. <laughs> they got tornadoes, and I, I think they have a lot of militias. Yeah. They have a lot of white What the people, hell is that? They have a lot of white people who are like, what is the government? We are our own government, oh, yeah. and you know, we have a ton of guns, and yeah. we'll dictate what we do and what we don't do. It's like, yeah. oh, I'm No, good. thank you. I think Tiger King was in Oklahoma or somewhere around was? there. You know, oh, yeah, well. it's like. Good for them. Yeah, you keep the, you keep doing that. I'm fly right over that. Yeah. Go to Portland. You know, I'm fly right over that. Go to Portland, Oregon. Fly right over that. Go to. If know. I'm gonna go south, it's gonna be to Florida. That's about it. Well, it's not south. Is Florida's not south? I mean, no, I'm, Oklahoma's wait. not south. What's 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 Oklahoma? It's like Midwest. Mid- Midwest. Kind of west. It's west. But is it like close to? Uh, it's close to Canada. What what is it? Oklahoma. What am I thinking? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what you. Where's thinking. Kansas? Kansas is in Missouri, but there's also Kansas. Kansas. Where's, where where's that? Is Where? That, it's like, like Midwest also too? Midwest more going a little west a it little is? bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, never mind. Actually, Missouri, Missouri is the south. Okay. But it's like but Midwest Kansas, south. It's still south. Kind of, yeah. What is it close? What is it next to? 
What? Missouri. We're getting into geography now, and I don't want to have. We already <laughs> sound kind of stupid. So that's let's, fine. But what is it close to? <laughs> okay, well, let's just oh, take a guess. I'll hear me. Let's take a guess. All right, it's it's geography, so we shouldn't uh, be guessing. But it is a guess. What are yeah. you asking me? What is it close? What is it next to? Missouri. Yeah, I'm gonna say Illinois. That's gonna be my Illinois? guess. Illinois. Yeah. Look, man. You want to play? You want to? You want to play this game? Yeah. Let's let's leave that. I'm I'm on a totally different. You're using a different map, right? (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know. Let's move on because we sound crazy as hell, and this is all facts. Though we're not. This is not something you can guess on. It's a facts. It's uh, it's a map that'll show you. And I just guessed. Yeah. If it was a matter say you are here and what we talking about. Oh, it would be I'm all over the place. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Kansas would be next to California and Florida would be next to Oklahoma. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just move on, man. It's fine. We don't <laughs> like do. the South like that. That's yep. what, that's the conclusion of what you were yeah. trying to say. Yeah. And that's, we, we move on. Yeah. So, but yeah. whatever, I'm not, well, not uh, Illinois. Yeah. I, I yeah. go to Illinois. But Oklahoma. Other, Oklahoma and, yeah. yeah. No, what no am I going to go see? Chris Paul play yeah. at the Thunder? <laughs> you know, no thanks. Uh, but the, the the main point I was going to say yeah. is, so we gave all the Native Americans all this land and everything after we were doing these terrible things, mm. but then it's all so movable. Mm. It's like, oh, we need this now, so if y'all go here. It's fucked up. And it's a little less land than it was when y'all were here, but we need this. So y'all go and take all this and put it, go over here, and y'all can have that. And then when we need that, we'll come and move y'all from there, too. I already took half of the shit they had anyway. Well, all the money. Oh, buddy. Uh, it's way more than half. is wow. everything. <laughs> they got... They got New York. That's fucked up. For like thirty six dollars. Who? And some blankets. White people. They, they, wow. they like bought it from. They bought it from them for like. Cause they took half of the shit. They, they took everything. Yeah, I'm sure it wasn't much of a like. I'm sure it was like either you buy it or we'll take it. But yeah, well, I don't think it, it was like a shake hands. It was like you buy it or we'll kill you and take That's it. That's wild, man. Yeah, we don't need to go into. <laughs> we don't need to go into how America became America. But they told these uh, these Osage Indians. We need this, so go over there. What does there. that mean? What does Osage mean? What is that? That's their tribe. It's just the tribe name? Yes. Okay. I also learned that um, Native American people don't mind the term Indian. Okay. They prefer to be called their tribal name. That's okay. what they prefer over anything. Mm-hmm. Like to be called Blackfoot or Sioux or yeah. Osage. Or Tomahawk. That's what they, or Tomahawk. Yeah. That's what they prefer over anything, but I think they kind of don't mind Indian as much as we and like white liberal people mind it. I, they despise that the Redskins exist and yeah. the Braves and all these mascots that are all character, uh, cartooned and you know, big noses and Redskin red skin, and yeah. All, yeah. they don't they hate that. But I don't know if they are as like you know, uh, uh, disgusted by the term Indian. But they prefer to be called their actual you know tribe. Just a little fun fact. Anyway, they told them, get out of here, go over there, and, and go to what's going to be Oklahoma, and then we want, when we wanted to be Oklahoma, you'll move from there, too. Yeah. So they told them to go there, and uh, the vacant land was then made available to homesteaders, who were just people who were, like, moving. It's like, a, uh, it's the, um, what is it called? Uh, Manifest Destiny. When, they, when, pe- when, when white people wanted to go from, because we were all in colonized, mm-hmm. in those 13 colonies, and when they decided to go west, it's like, well, we're going to go take that land now. And so people who wanted to go settle into this this place where the Osage Indians were, they were like, okay, well, they're going to pay rent and buy, build houses and be a part of our economy. Mm-hmm. So get out, and then these people can come and build cabins and sell things and whatever. And that's what happened. So that's what homesteaders, homesteaders came. They were selling, you know, medicines and food and mm-hmm. make lodges, like hotels and stuff. Not yeah. hotels, but like a, you know, like one room where you can stay. Yeah. In a, it, like an inn. Yeah. Uh, and in eight in October 1870, five families of spiritualists settled in western Labette County, around seven miles northeast of where Cherryville would be established. 
One of the families was John Bender Sr. and John Bender Jr., who registered 160 acres of land located adjacent from the Great Osage Trail, which was then the only open road for traveling further west. So they took that too. It was like, oh, you got your little trail? Well, we need that to travel, so we'll use that. We'll use that. Yeah. So all the kind of rules and everything that you guys have established, they don't matter anymore. Get out of here. And uh, after building a cabin, a barn with a corral and a well in the fall of 1871, Ma Bender, who I will refer to so there's no confusion, she's also named Kate, but we're going to call her Ma. Ma? Ma. Like Ma. She was the mom. Oh, she's the mom. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, what? Yeah. Right. Ma Bender Ma. and her daughter Kate arrived after, you know, John and John set everything up. Mm-hmm. It's also funny. It's like John and John, Kate and Kate. Kate. They kept it simple. It's weird and weird. Yeah. <laughs> they kept it nice and simple. Uh, <laughs> uh, so they followed after John, the Johns got everything set up. Okay. The two Kates arrived and the cabin was divided into two rooms by a canvas wagon cover. So if you ever play, you know, Oregon Trail, you know, mm-hmm. there's the stagecoach yeah. and it has that kind of white thing over the wagon over so the you top. can't see inside of it yeah. they took that off and they used that as like a wall inside the cabin to split it Ugh. yeah i probably smelled like manure and things like that but everything stunk back then nobody was how clean. big is the cabin for that thing to fit how i don't think it's huge but it's you can okay. you know you got to make walls where you can to split it off that makes it seem like it's more space it's like this is a room yes. and this is a room yeah. now they turn the studio into a two-bedroom yeah you got to be resourceful man but yeah, uh, so they used the 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 lining of the stagecoach as a wall, okay, and divided the cabin into two sections. And I guess that's where they would have, you know, their they they eventually turned it into an inn. I think that maybe that was that side was for the guests. Ugh, so they stayed on one side, all of them. Maybe probably when they had a guest. Oh. It's all me just speculating, but I would assume yeah. when there wasn't a guest, maybe they even take the thing down. Mm. But then there is a guest. They put the thing up, and now it's two two rooms. Yeah. People probably smell awful back then. Oh, they smell terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. Sex was probably, you just, that's just normal. Mm. Everybody's musty and balls and yeah. butt and everything. It's just all just un, un, untethered, you know. Speaking of musty butt, I remember I was telling you that I was supposed to be getting a bidet put in yeah. just to kind of, you know, change up things and get a new experience. Mm-hmm. Bidet is not compatible with my toilet. Sick. I was very sick. I bought it and everything. Satoshi, it? Satoshi bidet. No, I'm gonna keep it for another house. The problem is we have a weird. Toilet. Are you moving soon or no? Okay, no. Because it's been coming up a lot. I mean, what soon? Two, three years. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so we're gonna keep it until then. Uh, but the problem with the toilet is our toilet in the bathroom is one thing, and a toilet the the toilet it needs to be is like the. The part where the toilet seat is goes flat back, and yeah. then the 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 um the place where the water stores kind of sits on top of that. Yeah. So there's a gap. There's no gap on ours. It's just all is one thing. The toilet bowl, the toilet oh, yeah, seat is all. Yeah, so yours is different. Yeah, it's yeah, one yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. So you can't drop the bidet into the gap because yeah. there's no gap. Mm. So we need to get a toilet. Our next house has to have a a gap. So yeah. that'll be one of my bugaboos on my list. And wine fridge. Is that like a modern toilet? Is that what it is? I don't know if it's modern. I guess I guess it's more modern looking than the toilet that's like the bowl sits here and kind of floats that little floating gap yeah. and then so the toilet seat. Like. Yeah. yeah, that's that's a standard toilet. I would prefer a standard toilet. I don't need to... We shit on it. I don't need it to be like this one's architecture is curved. I don't care. Yours, well, yours is curved. But I didn't choose. I didn't. That's not one of the reasons I bought the house. I didn't even notice until it was like, "Oh, you can't put this on here because yeah. it's not a normal toilet." Yeah. So anyway, that's you know, oh, my man. butt will continue to be not as pristine as I want it to be. He was excited for that. Wasn't I was very excited. I wanted to change up my lifestyle, man. It's very European. You know, all you know, Japanese people only use bidets. Like eighty percent of they the do? country. I thought it. they don't even use toilets. So they just squat. No, that's India. Oh, 
Yeah. Okay, man, let's not go into geography Sorry, again, bro. Man. It's just we are really showing that we dropped out of college. So we're going. Well, you know. <laughs> I pick up the slack. Yeah. I, it's only so much slack I can pick up, man. I just told you Kansas is next to Illinois, and I'm not confident in that. <laughs> so I don't know how much slack I can pick up, man. Don't rely <laughs> on me to pick the slack up because it's limited. That's what you're here for, man. Nah, not with that. <laughs> not a geography. I'm here for potpourri. Which is a mixture of you know uh, TV questions and yeah. movies and things like that's my yeah. that's my wheelhouse that's my category on the team. Yeah. You're the sports. I'm potpourri. <laughs> you know if they ask like who was the voice of Bobby Hill on King of the Hill? Yeah, I got you. Know you. It. Yeah. But where is uh, Kansas in relation to in, uh, Indiana? I don't know. Nah, man, it'll pass. Yeah, <laughs> hard pass. <laughs> it's a hard pass for me. So anyway, yeah, so they set up, they split the, they divided the uh, house with the wagon cover, mm -hmm. and the benders used the smaller room at the rear for living quarters, while the front room was converted into a general store and an inn. So they sold stuff and also were a place where somebody could lay their head, a cowboy, whatever, you know. Yeah. And uh, Ma and Kate Bender also planted a two-acre vegetable garden and apple tree orchard north of the cabin. So they really set up a nice little situation. Yeah. John Bender Sr., also known as Pa, was around 60 years old and spoke very little English. When he did speak, it was so guttural that it was, that it was usually unint unintelligible, and Ma Bender, who was allegedly, Ma Bender also spoke very little English, allegedly. She was 42 years old, so they were about, about 16, about 18 years apart, which is not unusual for back then. Yeah. It's not unusual for now, really, honestly. Yeah. If the bread's right, age ain't nothing but a number. Nope. You know? So uh, um, they were about 18 years apart, 42 and 60. Um, and she, apparently she was so unfriendly that her neighbors took to calling her a she-devil. Mm. It's not something you want your neighbors calling you, you know? Shortly before the benders fled, it was discovered that Ma spoke English fluently. What? So it, was all a it was all a ruse. John Bender Jr. was around 25 years old and was apparently handsome with auburn hair and a mustache and spoke English fluently with a German accent, almost like Christoph Waltz in Django. Uh, John was prone to laughing aimlessly, which led many to consider him a halfwit. So he would just be walking down the street, just, you know, laughing to some joke he told himself in his head. And they were like, well, that dude's a nincompoop. Yeah. Move on from that. But it's all... It's all Kaiser Soze. You know, you didn't see Usual Suspects yet, did you? Nope. It's all, he's, it's all, they all want you to think he's stupid. It's like Doofy from Scary Movie. You remember mm -hmm. Scary Movie? Yeah. He was, but he wasn't Doofy. It was all a trick. Because then you don't expect, you don't suspect the guy that's like mentally incapacitated. Yeah. So it's all a game. Oh, we don't speak English very well. Oh, my son's stupid. Oh, we don't do anything. Ha ha. This is all part of the trick. you fall for it, huh? Mm-hmm. Kate Bender, who was around 23, was cultivated and attractive, and she spoke good English with very little accent. A self-proclaimed healer and psychic, she distributed flyers advertising, advertising her supernatural powers and her ability to cure illnesses, conduct seances, and also gave lectures on spiritualism for which she gained notoriety for advocating free love. So she was like, fuck whoever you want. I'm a magician. I can heal wounds. I'm Jesus. And, you know, it worked out, I yeah. guess. You know, she got a little bit of a following, got some popularity. Um, yeah, Kate's popularity became a large attraction for the Bender's Inn. So she became kind of like the selling point for staying at their place over another place. Mm. So you can get your tarot cards read or palm readings, tell you your future. Like service. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 
It's like a, added it's like a th- yeah, it's like a theme, a theme hotel. Yeah. It's like you come you come here to rest, but you really come here for like the mysticism. Yeah. And that was what Kate did. Young Kate, not Kate Jr. Although the elder benders kept to themselves, Kate and her brother regularly attended Sunday school in nearby Harmony Grove. The benders were widely believed to be German immigrants. However, only the male benders were born overseas, and they were not actually the Bender family. Pa Bender was from either Germany or Holland and was born John Flickinger. Ma Bender was born Almira Mike in the... Oh, my God. Oh, in, in the Adirondack Mountains and had married George Griffith, with whom she had 12 children. Ma allegedly married several times, each time following the death of her previous husbands from head injuries. Uh-oh. Kate was the fifth child of Ma Bender and was born Eliza Griffith. Following her marriage, Kate went by the name of Sarah Eliza Davis. John Jr. was born John Gebhardt. Some of the Bender's neighbors claimed that John and Kate were not actually brother and sister, but husband and wife. Whoa. So... They come to find out over time, but not when they first moved in. Only the Kates were related. Mm. John was like dating or married to Ma, and the other the other guy John was not related to them at all. John uh, Jr. John Jr. They all had different names, but they all come from different lives of craziness, and so they all just you know they all they all had different names but they all decided one day like I'm Kate you're Kate Jr you're John and you're John Jr just so keep it those simple. are not his kids no those are not his kids wow. Kate Jr also known as a bunch of other things but Eliza, that's her kid though that's her kid their mother and daughter yeah but the other guy the young guy is not her son and apparently Kate and him had a they were doing a thing and the Who, older which one no. the young John the young and, and young Kate no oh. young John and young, young Kate. Kate okay and then old John and old Kate were either just dating or maybe they maybe were married, but he's not the father of either of those kids. Okay, yeah. They're all just like a quartet of, you know, yeah. pe- people that have done fucked up shit and they have come together yeah, and to formed a, a weird family. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. In May of 1871, the body of a, name, of a man named Mr. Jones, who had his skull crushed and throat cut, was discovered in Drum, Drum Creek. 18 when? 1871. Well, I feel like any time before 1900s, like I don't even... Doesn't like it doesn't even it doesn't exist. exist. Like yeah, this like, is made that up. That was what? <laughs> 1865? When is that? Yeah, yeah, no. 1871. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So super throwback. Um so this man named Mr. Jones was found with a stroke with a skull crushed and his throat cut. Mm. The owner of Drum Creek's claim of where the body was found was suspicious, but no action was taken. In February 1872, the bodies of two men were found who had the same injuries as Mr. Jones. By 1873, reports of missing people who had passed through the area had become so common that travelers began to avoid the trail entirely. The area was already widely known for horse thieves and villains, and vigilance committees often arrested some of the disappearances only for the t- for them to later be released by the authorities. So again, this is almost a situation like the Ahmad Arbery thing, that the area had be- gotten such a bad rap mm-hmm. that people that lived there would start to round up suspicious people yeah. that they thought were doing stuff and do whatever and then eventually would let them go if, if they couldn't prove that they did anything. Mm. You know, so it was a product of the area becoming bad. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Um, 
Many, quote-unquote, honest men under suspicion were also run out of the country by these committees. So, you know, they were, they were fucking not playing around when they would come and approach these people. In the winter of 1871, following the funeral of his wife, John Launcher and his daughter left Independence, Ohio, to resettle in Iowa, but were never seen again. In the spring of 1873, a neighbor, a neighbor named Dr. William York went searching for them, questioning homesteads and inns along the trail. He reached Fort Scott and on March 9th began the journey to Independence, but never arrived back home. Dr. York had two brothers, Colonel Ed York, who was living in Fort Scott, and Kansas Senator Alex York, who lived in Independence, Ohio as well. Both knew of his travel plans, and when he failed to return home, an all-out search began for the missing doctor. Colonel York, leading a company of 50 men, questioned every traveler along the trail and visited all the area homesteads. On March 28, 19, um, March 28, 1873, Colonel York arrived at the Bender Inn with a Mr. Johnson at his side. So they, they questioned everybody and that, that led them to the Benders. Yeah. Uh, they came there and, ex- and explained to the Benders that his brother had gone missing and asked if they had seen him. They admitted that Dr. York had stayed with them and suggested that the possibility that he had run into <laughs> trouble with the Native Americans after leaving. Mm. So it's funny, like, you know, when black people were still slaves, I guess, like, Native Americans were the black people, where it was like, somebody stole something. Oh, I think I saw an Indian guy. Yeah. You know, it was like, that was their description. Uh, it might have been them. Uh, it might have been a white guy. But it was like, oh, it was an Indian guy. He did it. Whenever uh, you have to lie, mm. you're like, you know. like you blame it, it on him. Like, yeah, exactly. I think they were the blacks before the blacks were yeah. the blacks, you know, because the blacks didn't have any freedom or anything to go do anything. So it couldn't have been them. So it's like, it was a an, an Indian. You know, they're all running around free, hiding in trees. It was one of those Native American people did it. Yeah whole time it just was it was you wow that was your lie you got off uh, yeah so he suggested so the bender suggested to colonel york that your brother man he left and then you know those those indians man they out there you know they he might have ran into a gang of them yeah. now he's just running the ball type of indians they see just yeah see you don't even that, that collateral damage isn't even in here now yeah. it's like tension rises with native american people and yeah. it's like okay you see bash them in you know whenever you ca- catch one beat them up ask them where my brother is you know causing trouble for other people yeah so even after telling them like he stayed here but he got he left and then he might have run into some trouble i don't know uh the colonel york agreed that um that yeah that that sounds that sounds like it was possibility and then he agreed to stay the night that night yeah on april 3rd colonel york returned to the uh, inn with armed men after being informed that a woman had fled from the inn after being threatened with knives by ma bender ma allegedly couldn't understand english while the younger benders denied the claim of this woman with, you know, running from knives from Ma Bender. Uh, when York, when York repeated the claim, Ma became enraged and said the woman was a witch who had cursed her coffee and ordered the men to leave her house, revealing for the first time that her sense of English of the English language was much better than people had thought. Because it's like, how do you, you don't know what I'm saying. How yeah. are you reacting this way? Yeah. You're telling me what, you know. So she gave herself up. I didn't think about that. Yeah, they did. That's why we're not detectives. You, know? <laughs> you got to catch those things. Like, oh, you you shouldn't know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Why are you so passionate? Um, before York left, Kate asked him to return alone the following Friday night, and she would use her clairvoyant abilities to help him find his brother. 
you know, they're try, probably trying to set him up to kill him. Like, get him out of here. He's, you know, he's asking too many questions. Yeah. He didn't do that. Uh, the men with York were convinced the benders and a neighboring family called the Roaches were guilty and wanted to hang them all. But York insisted that evidence must be found. So he was trying to follow the rule of law, which I got to respect. You know, yeah. he's saying, I know we have a feeling that they're guilty, but yeah. we don't know that to be the case. Yeah. So we got to gather all the evidence and bring them to trial the right way. He was like, well, you know, respect. Especially because your brother's involved and you're yeah. still keeping his composure. Is Bella okay? I don't know. <clears throat> so around the same time, neighboring communities began to make accusations that the Osage community was responsible for the disappearances and a meeting was arranged by the Osage Township in the Harmony Grove Schoolhouse. The meeting was attended by 75 locals, including Colonel York and both Pa and John Bender Jr., after discussing the disappearances, including that of Dr. William York, it was agreed that a search warrant would be obtained to search every homestead between Big Hill Creek and Drum Creek. Despite York's strong suspicions regarding the benders since his several visits week er weeks earlier, no one had watched them and it was not it was not noticed for several days that they had fled entirely. Mm. Three days later, local Billy Toll was driving cattle past the Bender's property when he noticed that the inn was abandoned and the animals on the farm were unfed. Toll reported that fact to the township trustee, but due to bad weather, it was several days before the, abandon, before the, uh, the abandonment could be investigated. The township trustee called for volunteers and several hundred turned out for, to form a search party that included Dr. York's brother, Colonel York, and when the party arrived at the Bender's Inn, they found the cabin empty of food, clothing, and personal possessions. So they just ghosted. They were yeah. like, shit's getting a little too hot. This Dr. York guy didn't come over for the tarot card reading so we could kill him. And so we got to go. Yeah. Everybody just pack up and we're out of here. Fuck these animals. <laughs> fuck the orchard trees and the vegetables. Let's go. And nobody noticed. They got up out of there. Uh, noticing a bad odor, it was traced to a trap door underneath a bed. That was what? found. Yeah, they, they they had a trap door in the house. I'm gonna get to how they, you know, it's about to get real. So you know, they noticed the foul odor and they traced it to a trap door that was found underneath a bed, and it was nailed shut. So I guess they did that before they left. They were yeah. like, they won't find this. Which, if you see a bunch of nails in a square on the floor, you're gonna like that's something. Yeah. Anyway, they didn't care. It was like it'll buy us enough time to get out of here. I guess. Uh, after opening the trap door, the empty room beneath, which was six feet deep was found to have clotted blood on the floor. The stone slab was broken up with sledgehammers, but no bodies were found underneath it. Oh, okay. And it was determined that the small that the smell was from the blood that had smoked that had soaked through into the soil. The men then physically lifted the cabin and moved it to the side so they could dig up underneath but it but no bodies were found underneath there either. They then began to probe the ground around the cabin with metal rods, especially in the disturbed soil of the vegetable garden and orchard, where the first body was found later that day, that of Dr. York, buried face down with his feet barely below the surface. Damn. The probing continued until midnight with another nine suspected graves marked. But they were like, let's call it a night, man. I don't know. I think we'll, we'll finish these tomorrow, but I think we got something over here. The digging continued the following morning, and another nine bodies were found in eight graves, wow. plus a large number of body parts. All but one had their heads bashed in with a hammer and their throats cut, and it was reported that all had been in, uh, indecently mutilated. 
What was behind the skull, the the crushed skulls and the throat slash? That's how they killed him. That it wasn't over. No, it wasn't no reason or like that was some type of oh, spiritual. Oh, oh, I'll get to that. Oh, okay, I'll get to that. Right. Uh, the body of a young girl was found with no injuries sufficient to cause death, and it was speculated that she had been strangled or buried alive. Mm. It was speculated that if guests appeared to be wealthy, the benders would give them give him or her a seat of honor at the table, which was positioned over the trap door. So they would, you know, they would go, they would scope you out, and if mm-hmm. you look like you had some money. They would go, have dinner with us tonight and sit at the head of the table. We respect you so much and we think you're great. But that positioning of that chair where they would sit was behind the trap door. Mm. Right? So um, so they would be sat behind the trap door and then uh, with the, they had their back to the, um, to the stagecoach curtain. Okay. Right? So Kate would distract the guests while John Bender or his son would come from behind the curtain and strike the guest on the right side of his or her his or her skull with a hammer, and throw him down, in the, and throw him down, in, and push him down. The, so they would open up the little thing yeah. secretly, bam, and then push you down the that fucking six foot hole, and that would, you know, they I think they would suspect that would finish you off at the very least. You're stuck down there. Yeah. Uh. Yes, yeah, so they push him down in that hole. The victim's throat was then cut by one of the women to ensure his death. The body was then. Oh, I'm sorry. They would hit him over the head, yeah. and then while they're sitting there kind of disoriented, bam. Okay, they I was slit, about to say, yeah. They would slit their throat, then they would put, kick him down the trap door. Mm. So they would kick him down the trap door. Once in the cellar, the body would be stripped and later buried somewhere on the property. Wow. Often in the apple orchard. More than a dozen bullet holes were found in the roof and sides of the room, possibly indicating that some of the victims had attempted to fight back after being hit in the head with the hammer. So you get hit, pull this, you know, you pull your whip, your weapon out, try to, try to shoot somebody, you're all fucked up, then they yeah. slit your throat, kick you down the thing, and you just still kind of mm-hmm. trying to shoot somebody while you bleed out, is what they're speculating. A Kansas newspaper reported that the crowd was so enraged after finding the bodies that a friend of the benders named Brockman, who was among the onlookers, was hung from a beam in the bender inn until unconscious, Damn. revived, and then interrogated as to what he knew, and then hung again. You know, I'm mad you got to be to hang somebody twice. Yeah. You ever seen that video of George Bush was giving some kind of speech and the dude was so mad at him, he took both his shoes off and threw them at him? Yeah, I did remember seeing that. Yeah. That's those two things. That's a (laughs) that's a very like that's a level of anger. I hope I never see. I've never been that mad. Yeah. Take both your shoes off. One, you throw like, okay, I may get that one. They may probably get that one back. Yeah. But you throw both of them. Now you're just willing to go barefoot. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to get both shoes back. Nah. You know. You're willing to go barefoot to get your point across. Yeah. And they were willing to hang this man twice out of anger. It's like, you you know him. You know these people. Hang, hang him. Yeah. They took him down, questioned him, and then hung him again. Get this shit. So they hung him, qu- took him down, questioned him, hung him again, and then took him down again. After the third hanging, they released him. Third? They they took him down again after the second hanging. And they put him back up? They, no, they were just, yeah. No, no. You said. No, they hung him. Took him down. Hung him. Up, took him, him down, down. Hung him again. Yeah, third time. Okay. Hung him up again. Wow. Took him down again <laughs> and said, get out of here. Wow. Yeah, yeah, you know. They were fucking, they were mad. Yeah. Well, they hung he, him three times. That's what you get for associating yourself with these people. Wow. I didn't know they were doing this. That's terrifying. Maybe he did. I don't know. I would never want to get hung let alone once, let alone three times. Um. So, yeah, so they let him down after the third time. They kicked his ass home and just told him to get the hell out of here. A Catholic prayer book was found in the house with notes inside written in German, which was later translated to 
uh, in the text, the text read, uh, jo- Johanna Bender, born July 30th, 1848, and John Gebhardt came to America on July 1st, 18 blank blank, like the rest of the date wasn't finished. So I don't know who Johan- Johanna Bender is, but maybe that's where they got the last name from, you know, and um, then John Gebhardt, you know, maybe that's where they got John from. So you kind of starting to see like maybe where they uh, created their little backstory. Yeah. Uh, several weeks later, Addison Roach, who was the Roach family who lived close by, who they think they were in cahoots with, Addison Roach and his son-in-law, William Buxton, were arrested as accessories. In, 12 total, uh, in total, 12 men were arrested. All had been involved in disposing of the stolen goods with one, of, one a member of the, vigilance, of the Vigilance Committee implicated for forging a letter from one of the victims informing the man's wife that he had arrived safely at his destination in Illinois. So mm. he had an inside man yeah. on one of the committees who was uh, helping them buy time when they would kill somebody by sending off fake letters to people saying, like, I'm, I'm okay, I got here. Yeah, which was pretty popular back, back in Yeah, the that was a thing that was done. Yeah. That stopped. I don't know. That probably still is happening. You know, you can just say you're somebody. Yeah. You know, how can you prove in an email or whatever, you know? Yeah. Unless you ask for the FaceTime, which you should. Just a little pet message to everybody's out here who might have online relationships. Yeah. If you haven't FaceTime with them, they're a catfish. It just is. It just. It just is. It just is. It's crazy. It's 2020. Nobody's on my phone. Doesn't have that. That's not a thing anymore. It just isn't a thing. <laughs> Everything. Your your refrigerator has a camera on it. Yeah. Everything has a camera. If they won't FaceTime with you, they're a catfish. If you can't get a picture now, pictures are like you can't be. Tr- they can't be trusted. No, but. If they can't get on video with you, it's a catfish. Yeah. Period. That shit. I remember when we were kids. You you want a, a girl to put the picture up with your name on it. Yeah. That's you know. But then they started being able to Photoshop those. Yep. The game changed. So now <laughs> we need the video. So if they can't send you a video, just write them off as a catfish. Yeah. Stop wasting your time. Yeah. This was catfishing back then. Sending a letter to somebody's house and being like, "Honey, here, I'm yeah. I made it to Illinois safely. This is your husband." And it's always some. They always get caught because they're like, he always, his eyes are slanted. Yeah. You know, you got to pay attention to those kind of details. Yeah. Like, he doesn't do his O's that way. That's, I, I couldn't, I just don't feel any relief being like, oh, well, I know that my loved one is safe. Getting that letter and like, I just don't see how people can just be like, okay, I, I believe I, that. I believe that. You, you that gotta come up, You got to come up with like some type of line or something. You got to throw a line yeah. in there where you're like, okay. Make sure gotta. make sure the cats are on the runny kind with the rainbow. It's like yeah. an inside joke. Yeah, you yeah, put, yeah. You got to put that on Something. There. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's just some generic letter like, hello, I made it. I'm safe. <laughs> this is Robert Johnson and I'm alive. Goodbye. Yeah. Like, you gotta, you know, you got to put like, you know, your eyes are like sunrise. And that's like something you said to her when you got married. Yeah. It's got to be something like that in there. Yeah. Or it's, it's fraudulent. Yeah. But I'm sure they didn't go about those rules back then. No. Um, oh, so word of the murder spread quickly, and word and more than three thousand people, including reporters from as far away as New York and Chicago, visited the site of where the murders took place. The Bender cabin was destroyed by souvenir hunters who took everything, including the bricks that lined the cellar and the stones lining the well. Another of Doctor York's brothers, Kansas Senator Alexander York, offered a one thousand dollar reward for the Bender family's arrest. On May 17th, Governor Thomas A. Osborne offered a $2,000 reward for the apprehension of all four of the benders. Mm. I will get to what that was back then as well. Okay. Detectives following wagon tracks discovered the benders' wagon. Wagon tracks? 
Yeah, man. Jeez. Yeah, this is 1870s, man. I'm used to this. Wagons, boy. Buggies, horses, all that. Yeah, it's, it's Oregon Trail. It's the Kansas Trail. Detectives following wagon tracks discovered the bender's wagon abandoned, like a, like a car on the side of the road. Yeah. <laughs> they just <laughs> hopped out, left the horses and everything. Uh, left abandoned with a, starving, with a starving team of horses just outside the city limits of Thayer, hmm. 12 miles north of the end. So they got 12 miles away and then jumped, like, we're going to switch wagons, like a heist movie. Yeah. Uh, it was confirmed that in Thayer, the family bought tickets on the Leavenworth, Lawrence, and Galveston Railroad for, hum- for Humboldt, Kansas. At Chinook, Kansas, John Jr. and Kate left the train and caught the MK&T train south to the terminus in Red River County near uh, Denison, Texas. So they hopped off the train, got on another train, went another direction, and they split up. Mm. So John Kate and John Jr. and Kate Jr. dipped off on their own. Yeah. And John Sr. and Kate Sr. went another way. It's like uh, Set It Off. Yeah. Great movie. Love it. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Quentin Stephen went out. That's how you go out, man. <laughs> yeah. That's how you go out. Yeah. Lit the cigarette up in the fucking uh, hydraulic hoopty yeah. and guns blazing. That was female empowerment, man. That was a strong yeah. movie, man. That was Not good. sure if I would do that, but, you know. No, great. no, 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 no. I'm going to tell on everybody yeah. and get a deal. Sure. Like Takashi. Yep. Uh, from there, they traveled to an outlaw colony. Thought to be on the border region between Texas and New Mexico. They were not pursued as lawmen, as lawmen following outlaws into this region often never returned. So they knew, well, let's, let's go where all the bad people are. Yeah. And we know it, we have to deal with the bad people maybe, but we know the police won't come and get us because they won't come into this territory. Yeah. They fit in. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But I don't know. It's like you got a woman with you. I don't know. They might want the woman. You know, you got to deal with you got to deal with people who don't believe in laws. Yeah. Well, they're crazy, too. So I don't. True. I don't see the fear. That's true. Yeah, it's true. It's like, <laughs> I, we can kill people. Yeah. Like, we don't have to deal with these laws that yeah. if they want to fight us, we'll fight. We'll, we'll fight. Yeah. I guess, like, yeah, I guess. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, if we're fight, if we, if I'd rather go to a place that deals in the rules that I deal with, which is no rules, yeah. than have to deal with, like, being hung or go to court. It's like, if somebody wants to take my girl, I'll stab him and kill yeah. him. Yeah. Because I can do that here. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, we'll go to Old Faithful. We'll invite him over for dinner. (laughs) You know, tell him how great he is. You'll slip out from the trap door, and then we'll kill him. That's our strategy. You know, that's a good point. Um, so uh, one detective did claim later that he had traced the pair to the border, where he had found that John Jr. died of apoplexy, which is like a like a brain hemorrhage. Mm. Uh, Ma and Pa Bender did not leave the train at Humboldt, but instead continued north to Kansas City where it is believed they purchased tickets for St. Louis, Missouri. So where's Kate? She went with John. But he passed away. That's, that was a... that was a. That's not the same John? That, that, was, that was John Jr. That passed away? Yes. John Jr. and Kate Jr. Yeah, they so went to Texas and did the whole thing. And that was a rumor from a, dete- a detective said he saw them. It okay. wasn't, that wasn't confirmed. That, that he died? That he died. Oh, okay. That was a, 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 like a... A detective said, I found, I tracked them to here and I found out that John died, but okay. that was never confirmed. Right. And my and Pa Bender stayed on the train. Like when they, when that train stopped in that town, mm-hmm. John and Kate Jr. got off and went to Texas, but my and Pa Bender stayed on the train yeah. and went to Kansas City. Yeah. So, I just didn't, that's why I was, because you say he passed away. If it's not confirmed, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't confirmed. Yeah. That was just like, it's, okay. there's a couple other rumors of like right. people saying they found them and things like that in here as well, but none of them were confirmed. Mm. Um, several groups of vigilantes were formed to search for the benders 
Many stories say that one vigilante group actually caught the benders and shot all of them but Kate, whom they buried alive. Mm. Another group claimed they had caught the benders and lynched them before throwing their bodies into a river. Oh, they just lying. Yeah, these, <laughs> these are all like how, how like um uh, um like like stories get created, like yeah. or like just just lies that turn into the truth over time if you if you keep telling them. What making a name for themselves? Or? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we're the ones that killed the benders. Hmm. Uh, yet another claimed to have killed the benders during a gunfight and buried their bodies on a prairie. However, no one ever claimed the $3,000. And that's the key. If you killed them, you're going to take those bodies and go get the three grand, mm-hmm. which in 2009, which is not 2019, so it's probably, I don't know if it's more or less now, but in 2009, that was $53,000. Mm. I didn't look up 2019 what $3,000 was, and I'm not yeah. going to do it right now. But as of 10 years ago, that was $53,000. That's a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, the story of their escape spread and and the search continued on and off for the next 50 years. Often groups of two traveling women were accused of being Kate Bender and her mother. On October 31st, 1889, it was reported that Mrs. Almira Monroe and Mrs. Eliza Davis had been arrested in Niles, Michigan, which is often reported as Detroit, several weeks earlier, and that their identities had now been confirmed by two witnesses from a tiny type photograph. Mrs. Davis also signed an affidavit admitting that Mrs. Monroe was Ma Bender, and they were both extradited to Oswego, Kansas, for trial. Originally scheduled for February 1st, 1890, the trial was held over to May, and unwilling to accept the expense of boarding the two women for three months, the county released the both of them. Mm. So they're saying one of them confirmed this is Ma Bender. And they said, oh, three months of feeding these people, oh, that's not in the budget. Just fuck it. Damn. And let them go. The search of the cabin resulted in the recovery of three hammers that had been used as murder weapons. These hammers were given to the Bender Museum in 1967 by the son of Leroy Dick, the Osage Township trustee who, had, who headed the search for the Bender, of the Bender property. The hammers were displayed at a museum in uh, Cherryvale, from 1967 to 1978, when the site was acquired for a fire station. So they're like, fuck this little, this, this music, fuck this museum. When attempts were made to relocate the museum, it became a point of controversy, with locals objecting to the town being known for the Bender murders. The Bender artifacts were eventually given to the Cherryville Museum. Hmm. And as far as anyone knows, the Bender family was never apprehended. No story was ever confirmed. And uh, that was the story of the Bloody Benders. So they had a little hotel. It's almost like a Bates Motel. They yeah. were doing some crazy shit in there. Yeah. But it was it was no there was no psychology to it. They were robbing people. Yeah. They were all about that money. That was good, man. I wonder if is that story true? Yeah. It's allegedly I, true. I mean okay. it's, it's from it's, it's from two hundred years <laughs> That's ago. That's what I mean. So, yeah, I was yeah, like yeah, yeah. that you hear stories like that, but it's for like that would be a lot of work just to, just just to make up that story. Yeah. I mean, they they name a, they name a governor who was tied to the case and mm, okay. uh, you know and I would assume if you look up Dr. York you could find a you could find proof that he existed and maybe yeah. disappeared somewhere. So I think Dr. there York. might be some things in there that can't be proven but the story happened. Yeah. To the, to my knowledge anyway. Yeah. And uh that was my affirmative murder. Now they were all white, but I just thought it was, you know, yeah, interesting story. It's crazy how you find those stories. I don't know. Yeah, man, it's you know, <laughs> the longer you do this 
the like and th- that story's been told on other podcasts but whatever so like a ton of the stories we've yeah. we do it our own way and whatever you know um but it gets the more episodes you do the harder it gets to you know to yeah. find and then eventually we're going to get to a point where um there's like the Samuel Little story's not finished yet yeah so it's like i re- i did a quick uh, synopsis on that like a year and a half ago of like what the information that I had but eventually that's going to be more information yeah. so there's stuff happening in real time that we're going to talk about and then probably have to do as an affirmative murder like I I would love to do the Samuel Little story on here when we have all the details Yeah, but they're not all you know succinct and put together and packaged with a bow on it because that's yeah. the only I'm not I'm not going to go interview him and f- to get his life story somebody does that and we get the credit I mean we give the person that did the research the credit and then we tell the story disseminated in our own way yeah so there's going to be stories that we tell that might happen this year that we have to wait till they play out and then we got to tell them that's just kind of the way it's going to go yeah but yeah that was my affirmative murder and what we're going to yeah. do is we're going to is take- that a pickle in your bucket that's pickle Rick oh who's that Oh, somebody. Oh, is that now, Rick and Morty? Yeah, it's Rick and oh, Morty. Okay. And the last time I brought up Rick and Morty <laughs> on this podcast, however long ago that was, you <laughs> you don't watch Rick and Morty. How often is he on the show? Huh? How often is he on it's the one show? Of the most, it's one of the best episodes of the show. It, it's one of the best. Yeah, how he's only often in one, it? He turns himself okay. into a pickle one episode, okay. but it is one of the best episodes on the show. <laughs> Good enough that they make merchandise. <laughs> Why? Because he's on one episode? Because it's a great episode. He's Pickle Rick. <laughs> All right. You sleeping in that shirt? I might. Is that a crime? <laughs> no. What's up with you, Just man? Ask you, man. Ask. <laughs> it's Pickle Rick, man. Judge me. It's a great show. <laughs> what we're going to do is we're going to take a quick break. Yes, I'm wearing a Pickle Rick shirt. You all can shut up as well. <laughs> and when we come back, it's friends turn to tell you some fucked up shit, so stick around. All right, and we are back. One last time, folks, before I throw it to Fran, just remember, like I said, as of today, March, I mean, uh, what is it, May? As of today, May 11th, when you're listening to this, or, you know, if, you, if you're not listening to this on May 11th, disregard. But as of today, May 11th, there is about two days left in the shirt sales. We are at 39 shirts. We're trying to get to 50. So, you know, you know, if you if you got some money to spare, you're looking for something to spend some spend that uh, stimulus check on, go ahead and cop you a shirt, man, and, you know, and uh, support the pod. Uh, anyway, with that being said, Fran, I'm going to go ahead and throw things to you. Do your thing, man. <clears throat> so my um, affirmative murder this week is about the story of Cameron Terrell. Cameron Terrell. Yeah, I got this story from a YouTube channel called uh, Hood Politics. Hood Politics. That's what he said in the, in the intro video. <laughs> I think, I think I've politics. watched that uh, page before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Cameron Terrell was a rolling 90s crip. Mm. Yeah. Let's get into it. <clears throat> so when the average person thinks of South Central L.A., the things that often come to mind is crime, crime, poverty, crime, poverty, and gangs. Uh-huh. Just outside of the boundaries of South Central lies uh, abundance of wealth. A few miles north is the streets of Hollywood Hills and Beverly Hills. Uh-huh. A few miles west is the beach city of Santa Monica and Venice and Marina Del Rey. Mm-hmm. Just a few miles south is the upscale cities of Rolling Hills and Carlos Verdes. <clears throat> Normally... These two worlds don't mix. Mm-hmm. Until 2017, a young man named Cameron Terrell made national headlines when he crossed the boundary and stepped into rolling 90s Crips. Ah, okay. Yeah, which one, which is one of the most reputable gangs in central L.A.? Mm-hmm. Carlos Verdes, um, is it Carlos Verdes? I don't know. I think it's, okay. <clears throat> um, Is it, what is this, what are you saying? Is it spelled? I think it's Carlos Verdes. Oh, okay. Verdes. Yeah. Carlos Verdes is an upscale 
city filled with hillside homes, top-rated schools, golf courses, and country clubs. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Cameron Terrell was raised here. Mm. His mother was Deborah Terrell, who was an interior designer with a list of uh, wealthy clients, and his father, Donald Wayne Terrell, was a president of the New Improved Media Company. Mm. His family lived in a 4,000-square-foot home. Oh. This is a this is valued at um about one point eight million dollars. So he's a B rad. Yes. Malibu's most wanted. Yep. They will also take lavish vacations and attend parties thrown by their wealthy clients and neighbors. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> cocktail and yep. champagne yep. and cocktail and shrimp. Yeah. Yep. So and he Cameron, was like, fuck that, huh? Yeah. Cameron drove a black Mercedes Benz. Of course. Wore designer clothes mm-hmm. and Fendi giving belts. a healthy a healthy allowance. Mm-hmm. Cameron attended Carlos Verdes. High school, which is one of the top-rated schools in Southern California. Of course. By all accounts, Terrell family was living the American dream. Mm-hmm. But behind closed doors, the family was, was in turmoil. Cameron was listening to that Nipsey. Yep. Cameron and his parents didn't get along, which led to the daily arguments. Cameron stated, stated to rebel against his parents and would often run away from home. Imagine running away from a 4,000-square-foot home. Yeah. Just hopping your bins. That you didn't pay for. <laughs> and going buy stuff with your allowance. Yep. You can't be a crip $1, and get allowance. allowance. That's what it was? Healthy, I would assume, like, yeah, it had more than $100. Yeah. I wasn't getting that. <laughs> um, yeah, so there were rumors around how he connected with people from, the, from South Central. Either it was through drugs or social media. But one thing is clear that once he made his way to South Central, he became obsessed with the streets. Which is wild to me. That's crazy. <laughs> um, so Cameron became good friends with one of his was one of the boys that lived there. Mm-hmm. He would stay at his home for days, w- um, weeks, and months at a time, and would even call the boy's mother mom. Oh wow! Sometimes later, you know, they called him like white boy. Yeah. Every well, white boy. yeah, just if anybody didn't know, this guy <laughs> is white. This is a white dude, <laughs> and the dude he's talking about, he's th- is black. Uh, if anybody was, you know, didn't understand. Uh, so sometimes later, the boy was being recruited by the '90s Crip. Just talking about the boy that he was, the boy's house he was staying at. Oh, so okay. that boy was recruited by the '90s Crips and told Cameron that he should join also. So Cameron jumped on the opportunity. Surely, Literally. Yep. Shortly afterwards, the two, um, the two was initiated into the game, mm-hmm. and um, this was they was initiated in the game at Jesse Owens Park which is a stronghold for the rolling 90s. You got to run that wreck. Yep. You jumped in. So Cameron drove headfirst. He dove headfirst into the gang life. Mm-hmm. He was giving the nicknames Milk, White Boy, uh-huh. and Bright Eyes. Yeah. Yep. If you're white in a predominantly black neighborhood, you're going to be called White Boy. <laughs> yeah. If they like you. It's a term of endearment. <laughs> like, it's like, you know, or White Mike, whatever your name is, like yeah. White this, White that. Yeah. Uh, we, what, was, what, what was the guy? Um, White Water. White Water, yeah. I don't know why we why they called him that, yeah. but I, you know, you, you, you being white is going to be the focal point of your yeah. nickname. White boy Mike, yeah. White boy James, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just easy to identify you that way, but it's a term of endearment most of the time. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So he was he was getting clothing made with his gang Damn. gang name on it and his name. Him I mean, using his money, his to money. Do these like I said the same thing. These lavish things <laughs> like I'm a, I'm gonna get a crip. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Spray painted on the side of my bins. Yeah. Like, that's so crazy. Yep. Um he even he even got a tattoo with the Washington Nationals logo mm. on his chest, which is the logo of the Rolling Nineties that they adapted to represent the Western Ave, um, a street that the, a street that, you know, is the heart of their, ter- their yeah. territory, the Rolling Nineties. Mm-hmm. So he adapted to the gang life. As years went on, where he was from, mm-hmm. you know, uh Paulo's Verdes. Yeah. 
but he also he called South Central his home. Mm. So that was his home. Once you get your rep up, it, yeah. you know, you're putting in work in that neighborhood, they can't really say that you aren't. Especially yeah. if you, you got put on, you're in a gang. That's where he's from now. Yeah. Got the fucking gang logo on him. Shit. So in the rolling and the rolling nineties embraced him. His friend said he was no stranger to crime and participated in everything the gang life had offered. Things like drugs, robbery, and murder. Oh, so he was getting down. He was active. Yeah, he was okay. Active. He wasn't just talking to talk. No. Nah. Like, I'm a I'm a crip. He was like, nah, I really I'll I'll die for this and yeah. kill for it. Okay. So in the morning of October first, twenty seventeen, Cameron and two other young men was riding in his black Mercedes Benz. <laughs> It's hilarious to me, man. Cruising. <laughs> it's black Hasn't been to his 4,000 square. He probably didn't even really talk to his family. Just goes get a bag of clothes, goes back out to the set. Yep. Um, riding in, a, in his black Mercedes Benz, the group was armed, and they entered the territory of a longtime rival gang, the 8 Trade Gangster Crips. Mm. Now, when I read the story, I was like, yeah, I don't know anything about gangs, because uh-huh. I thought that Crips was a whole big thing. Oh, it's a bunch of sections, man. Didn't know. I uh-huh. just thought it was Crips, and it was the Bloods. And the Hoover was- Crips, don't. they got beef with another Crips gang. And Hoover Crips, that's Schoolboy Q's. He's yeah. A, yeah, they, they got I beef just, with you know other Crips. I think they know. got beef with the, the Crips set that Nipsey Hussle was a part of. I think the Hoover Crips don't fuck with the Rolling 60s Crips. That's why they broke off. I mean, that's why it's broken off. Yeah. Something happened where we were all Crips, and then it's like, well, fuck whoever your big homie is or your leader or whatever. We're going to break off and start our own crip thing. Yeah. And now it's beef. That's wild. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, so um, they went into the territory of a longtime rival crip, the A-Trade Gangster Crips. The rival between the two goes back decades. Fights and, sh- and shootouts um, aren't uncommon. So around 1126, a man named Justin Holmes was walking down the street with his two other, with two of his other friends. Um, as the group walked down the 78th Street towards Western Avenue, which is, you know, it's like where 8 Trey uh-huh. and, and, and uh, begins and it, it meets. Yeah. yeah. Yep. That's the scary thing about that California politics. It's the same thing in Chicago, too. Like, Chicago, they don't really have gangs. Like, they wrap their neighborhoods. Yeah. So if you go a block over, they might wear yellow hats or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, it's it, in Chicago, it's a little different. But in California, it's like, we we uh, are from this corner store to that fucking Pet Boys right there, and once you cross that Pet Boys, you're in our turf. And if you come in that, t- and it's just like that's so much to keep up with. But I guess if you're from, that's the whole thing. If you're from there, you know the lines. You already know how the lines are drawn. Yeah. But shit could just go sideways. You go across the street. <clears throat> Sorry, I was, uh, had to separate something. Oh, okay. but yeah, 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 that's um, that's true. That's why you know, I'm not in. Yeah, I'm a, uh, <laughs> I, I, if I go to California, I'm going to San Diego, which is beautiful. Well, nice and if I go to L.A., I'm going to be in the Hollywood area and staying where uh, all the bright lights are. I don't need to go. Once it starts looking like, oh, these are just houses where people yeah. live in. It's like, no, no, I'm staying. I'm going to stay in the area where it's like businesses and, yeah. uh, you know. Wherever the, or I said in the beginning, that's the area I'm going to be. When, when it starts yeah. looking like <laughs> Friday, I'm not going. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not entering those areas. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so like he, he was walking down the street with the two streets, and you know they territory meet. Mm-hmm. Um, so the two men asked, um, two men, two men walked up, two men approached Justin Holmes and his two friends, uh-huh. and asked, you know, what gang he was from. Mm-hmm. Where you from? It's like, uh, how do you? <laughs> you could, I'm like, uh, I'm not from a, I'm not from around here. It's like, yeah, like I'm, I'm from. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Well, why you got that Washington Nationals yeah. hat on there, Kev? Yeah. Like, well, I just love here, the. I, just, like, I love the Washington Nationals. You know, they just won the champ. Nah, fuck that. Now man. you like a bitch. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you like a bitch. <laughs> Take so that the, shit off. <laughs> you know? So the two men asked what game he was from. He replied he didn't gangbang. One of the men pulled out a chrome revolver from his sweater mm. and began to open fire. Damn. Holmes was shot as two other, as the two people he was with ran away. The two gunmen ran away to the waiting black sedan mm. and fled down the alley was um, near the Western Ave. Milk. Yep. The two men that was walking with Holmes ran away to a nearby store to call for help, and then they returned to the scene of the shooting to stay with Holmes until help arrived. Don't tell me they really were just like, we, we're we on the chess team. I'll so Holmes was taken to a hospital and pronounced dead at 12.02 p.m. So that was just within like mm-hmm. an hour. Because if they were in a game, they wouldn't have ran into a store and called the police. Like 30 minutes. Yeah. Um, so autopsy showed that he was shot twice, including a fatal shot to the back. Mm. Detectives working on the case began to look into the background of Holmes in an effort to find a motive for the murder. They found out Holmes, nor the people he was with, he was walking with, had any gang affiliation. Just trying somebody. Just to try him. Yep. That's crazy. Um, like they didn't even like I don't I don't I don't gangbang. They don't even. So they care. couldn't have looked familiar. Like, it was not based on if that's true. If that's true, they just assumed they were like there's three dudes. They look like they are that three people. That's a gang. It's just they like, must be with somebody. Yeah, it's just it's kind of that might like, have been an initiation type of thing. Too, that's what I was that was about, I was just about to say. It's kind of like you know if a, a gang initiation thing like okay you go to their territory and you confront the go first smoke person somebody. you see yeah, yeah. and go smoke somebody wow. in that territory. So it's like. Justin Holmes wasn't going to win that battle regardless. No, it was nothing he could have said yeah. that was going to stop them from doing what they were doing. Yeah. That was what He that, said the complete question, opposite. Yeah. That <laughs> like, question was a rhetorical question. Yep. That's just kind of what you have to say to set shit up and they were going to do it anyway probably. Yep. Yeah. So Holmes was a college student and had a job working for U-Haul. Yeah. He had a day off from work and decided to hang with his friends that Damn. day to go for a walk. One of the people with Holmes picked up the gun Wait. Oh. One of the people with Holmes picked Picked out um, the gunman from a um, photographic lineup. Mm-hmm. The shooter was sixteen. Was a sixteen-year-old gang member. Investigators began 16. looking. Yep, began looking for the other witnesses when they noticed a surveillance camera near the scene. Who's this white boy? <laughs> <laughs> After watching the surveillance video, the detectives saw two suspects run into a a black, um, to a waiting to a black Mercedes Benz and mm. sped off. Oh, I'm sure that car stuck out immediately. Cameron became a prime suspect. Mm. Police knew Cameron through interactions at Jesse Owens Park um, in the ring of 2017 and knew he drove a black a black Benz. So you just, know he stands out. Yeah. Like, what are yeah. you doing right here, man? Fuck all that, cuz. Yeah. He got like fucking... They knew him. Be- he got like fucking that haircut where the sides are faded and then the hair like gels over to the... <laughs> yeah, like the fucking soccer boy haircut yep. and a fucking gang tattoo. like, son, what are you doing? Fuck that, cuz. Yeah. I'm yeah. from fucking <laughs> parallel... <laughs> I'm from Parola Bay, cuz. <laughs> no, living in the mansion. Around here, yeah. <laughs> um, so detectives interviewed Cameron about the murder. He'd admitted to driving the car at the time. So Cameron was arrested on October 12th. So he 12th. came clean about that? Yep. Oh, wow. Cameron was arrested on t- October 12th, and bail was set at $5 million. Got out. The two young men, <laughs> the two young men he who got was out. <laughs> also with Cameron was arrested on October 12th. When police searched for the home, and when police searched for the home of the shooter, they found the Chrome 38 Special Revolver mm. and later admitted to shooting Holmes. The name of the young... You just threw your life away that fast. Yep. Also, I can already tell, like, this is where the privilege comes in because it's like, oh, oh, I got yes. out. I got, they they bailed me out. I had a great lawyer. <laughs> it was like, hey, cuz, can I have your lawyer? Ah, uh, 
Papa doesn't want me to uh, have the same lawyer. We're actually going to fight this case separately. Yeah. We're going to try to get our case separate from yours. Sorry. Yep. Sorry, cuz. <laughs> so the names of the young men wasn't released because they were both minors. Where Cameron was 18, was 18 and mm. a legal adult at the time of the murder. Cameron had the two young men. Cameron had the two young men uh, was charged with one count of premeditated murder and two counts of attempted murder with a gang enhancement. Mm. Yeah, that, the, get, that put more time on yeah. it. Yeah, the news of the news of a wealthy white teen mm-hmm. playing a role in the killing of a black man mm. quickly made national headlines in South Central. Yeah. Uh, South Central. Cameron sat in jail for about a week and was released after his parents posted a five hundred thousand dollar bail. Mm. $500,000 on a $5 million bail. Light work. Yep. And the two accomplices remained in jail. Of course. Of course. So Cameron family was shunned by the by the uh, Palos Verdes community sh- following his release from jail. Yeah. And Cameron returned to class. <laughs> Went back he, to on, on, par- on parole. On, on, on parole. Yes. On, on parole. On, on bail. Yes. On He's bail. going back to school. That was probably was like, you are going to go back to, you're going to stop these shenanigans of gangs. Yeah. You're going to go and get your diploma and and shape up, Cameron. I mean it. He's like, all right, cuz. Yeah. And went back to school. Probably fucking all the little well, preppy, lose, preppy girls at the school. They was losing money. His family was losing money. Clients, clients stopped oh, doing yeah, business. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. Of students course. and parents and staff did not want Cameron to finish his senior year at Paulo's Verdes High School. Mm. Say that they felt unsafe and uncomfortable. Mm. Which is yeah. wild. <laughs> for, say for a white kid. Uh, I was shocked. Yeah. Uh, so schools. He's, he's, he's a monster. <laughs> So the schools and Terrell family agreed to let him finish his senior year off campus. So oh, like night all. school. Yep. <laughs> um, so Cameron pled not guilty to all charges. Mm-hmm. His trial began on July third, twenty eighteen. So Cameron's attorney was Javon Blacknell. Cameron's attorney was named Javon. What? Yep, he was a black guy. Javon Blacknell. Okay. Yep. So Blacknell told the court that I know Cameron- he got the I know he got the Chris Durden treatment. Like when Chris Durden defended, uh, or when he fucked up the case against OJ. I bet black people were like, you're defending that white kid that shot those kids? Oh, yeah. Yep. You know, and then you're like a sellout and all this type of shit. Yep. So Blacknail told the court that Cameron was a good kid from from a good home, and the case was a result of blatant overcharge. He also said that Cameron didn't know the two kids were armed when they got into the car. Come on. And when he drove to the robber gang territory, he thought that when they got out, they was just going to do, they was just going to tag a wall. Come on, man. Yeah. That worked. That's probably why they had him go to school too. It's like it would look better to the judge if you go back to school and get your diploma. We can use that as a a, a part of your story in yeah. in, in, in court. The ju- the jury would like that. Yeah. Everything's a plan when you're dealing with these kind of things, man. It's crazy. Um. So Blacknell said that Cameron wouldn't um have used his his dad's car if he knew that they was planning to kill somebody. He, he looks, kinda, but he, he looks at it like it's his car though. That's yeah. what I mean. Like I know these, I know this. Like, I grew up in the in a suburban neighborhood yeah. where kids were trying to be tough and cool, and it's no like God. No, this is my dad's car. It's like no, this is my shit. Yeah, this is my house, and they all it's all entitlement. You know, like kids that are spoiled are the most dangerous kids in the world because they're like they have no kind of um they have no like taking their own responsibility for their actions and they feel kind of like untouchable. It's like oh this will this is this will get taken care of by somebody else. It's fine. And that's who Cameron is. That at, at the core of him, he was playing a little game, and the shit got too real, and then he needed his parents to come fi- fix it for him, clean yeah. it up. Yeah, so he said, um, basically said he wouldn't use his dad car if he knew they was going to go sure. and kill somebody. Sure. So Cameron said that he was shocked to hear gunshots, and he sped off in a matter of survival 
not to flee of not to flee the crime. Well, he didn't speed off before letting his friends get back in the car. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. So the prosecution painted Cameron as a wolf in sheep's clothing, mm. and presented and presented a stack of evidence to show that he was an active member of the Rolling Nineties gang and willing to participate in the murder of Holmes. Mm. Evidence against Cameron was his shirt with his neck was his a shirt with his nickname on it mm-hmm. and blue and blue letters that was found in the bins and the tattoo. So pictures of pictures and video of of Cameron with known gang members wearing gang colors and throwing up gang signs. Yeah, which I will show you at the end. I'm finished. Okay. Um, it's 2017. Yeah. So like these kids are like on Instagram and yeah. YouTube and yeah. 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 So a, a Washington National logo tattoo on his chest. Um. He was in the music video with all the gang members. So Cameron would gain status if he ventured into the eight trade gang territory and killed a, ro- a rival gang member. Mm-hmm. He knew that. Yeah. yeah. He knew all of this. Uh, he didn't think they were tagging some wall. Yeah. I would argue that he's a sheep in wolf's clothing, though, because when shit got real, his parents came and the real him came out. But for these last couple years, he was like, I'm hard, I'm this, I'm that. But then shit, you know, he folded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he called his parents. You know, I think that's the uh, giving him. That's giving him too much credit calling him a wolf in sheep's clothing because he's he is pretending like, hey, now I'm like, I'm just a kid who got mixed up in this crazy situation. But I think the whole time he was just pretending to be tough and all these kind of things, and, and, and then shit got real and he became a sheep again. Yeah. Well, I think when they mean by him participating, I think they mean that he was just like in the background. I don't think he was out there actually robbing people. I just think he was mm-hmm. with. He was there though. He was there. He but was I mean, my I mean, my point is, I'm saying that he can't go. You know, I didn't think he was gonna shoot, but he was still participating in other stuff. But he wasn't the main guy doing these. Sure, doing hitting these yeah. licks. Yeah, sure. He was just in the background. Whatever. Getaway driver and shit. Yeah. Uh, so the he prosecution- was there. He was there for the look. He liked being a part yeah, of the yeah, gang. Yeah, yeah. So the prosecution also showed a video taken by Cameron of one of his friends kicking over the candles for Justin Holmes. Wow. The, and yeah. they have to know at this point Super that he wild. wasn't in a gang. So it's just like, man, fuck him. Still. Shit was man. They wow. went up and they That's went crazy over there and kicked, kicked his candles off the curb. Disrespectful as hell. That's man. crazy. Like, that is wow, man. That's crazy. That's that's nuts. Um. So black blacknell stated that Cameron was living living a fantasy and didn't know the consequences of his choices. He also said that Cameron was influenced by music and movies. Oh <laughs> man, that one. That argument again. Yeah. When asked about the tattoo on Cameron's chest, blacknell said that he got the tattoo because of Kevin Durant. Has the same <laughs> tattoo, and KD was his favorite player. But KD, KD is from the DMV. KD is from the DMV. <laughs> it's a Washington Nationals logo. KD is from the DMV. Oh, that could man. be picked. I feel like that's picked apart. So he's like, so you like KD, so you got the same KD as tat- uh, the same tattoo as KD. But coincidentally, the gang that you've been hanging out with, this is their logo that they use as well. Yeah, yeah, no, that's just a coincidence. I really just like Kevin Durant. Sure. Yeah, I'm yeah. really, I'm a big fan of the spider. Yeah. No, the Durantula. I'm sorry. So Blacknell called the other witnesses to testify on Cameron's behalf, um, and they said they, they they didn't think that he would kill another human being. Jurors mm. deliberated for nearly a week before reaching a verdict. The jury found Cameron Terrell not guilty of all charges. Of course. Um, the verdict the verdict caused national outrage and sparked mm-hmm. conversation about a white privilege and classism. Mm-hmm. A lot of people compared Cameron's case to the case of Ethan Ethan Couch. Have you heard of the story? Ethan Couch. No. So Ethan Couch was a 16-year-old. Um, when he decided to drive drunk, Ethan lost control of the vehicle and killed four people. I did hear about that. Yep. And he got to, play, he got to um, claim affluenza. That's during, what, yep. During yeah, the trial, yeah. Ethan Laurier argued that because Ethan's family was so well off, he never 
had to suffer consequences for his actions. Crazy. He didn't understand right from wrong. The attorney defense. also went to say that Ethan suffered from a condition called effluenza. That defense is so <laughs> Ethan received 10 years of pro 10 years of probation for killing four people. They died, right? He killed yes. four people, right? He killed four people. 10 years of probation? Your Honor, he's so rich and so privileged that he just he can't even understand the concept of right or wrong. He doesn't understand it. So let him go. Oh, okay. 10 years of probation. The Brock, remember the Brock, the fucking Brock Turner thing, that kid that was raping that girl behind the dumpster? Like, sir, he can't go to jail. He has a swim scholarship. Like, he can't go to jail. And the judge, the judge was like, that's a good point. They would eat him alive in jail. Did they no make jail. up effluenza on the spot? I mean, I'm sure it's a word, but it's bullshit. Like, it's bullshit. And like Being they made so it. rich and so that is nuts. Uh, privileged in life that you don't really understand the a, concept of right or it's wrong. It's a condition. You're so sheltered. <laughs> you're so sheltered that you don't even know how the world works. So you killed four people. So they named the condition after. Yeah, huh? He has affluenza. Like he gave flu. years probation. Like influenza. That's a joke, man. He's so affluent that it's a disease. That's a joke. That is a that is a complete joke, man. But see what, what a good Jesus lawyer can Christ. get you? See what kind of defense a good lawyer can get you? And those kids that he did all that work with that was calling them milk and put them on the set and was showing love to him and doing gang handshakes with him, they sat in prison until they got a court-appointed lawyer and didn't get out on bond. Now, I'm not saying they didn't. They killed somebody. They didn't do anything right. But I'm just saying, he was afforded the privilege of fighting his case out on the street, getting the best lawyers to to put together the best possible case for him. Money, man. Money, money got him out of this. Half of jurors probably didn't know what the fuck influenza If he was. didn't have the money that he had and was sitting in jail, he would have took a plea. If yep. that was another black kid and it wasn't a black Mercedes Benz and it was a fucking Honda Accord, 1996 Honda Accord, and they were all from the same neighborhood and all the same level of poverty, that kid, even if it was true, like, I thought they were going to tag a wall. Let's say he was the most not in, he wasn't in a gang. He was just their friend. And they were like, yo, we're going to go to this corner store. And they got out, saw somebody they had beef with and shot those kids and then got back in that car. And that was the absolute truth. I thought we were going to the store. That kid in that situation would have took a plea deal for like 10 years. Yeah. But instead, this kid gets out on bail, gets a good lawyer, gets a good defense crafted, and gets not, gets nothing, right? Not He was found not guilty? That's oh, yeah. not even probation or anything. Yeah, he's found not guilty. That's crazy. Yeah. The Ethan Cowston, that's, that's like hilariously crazy. <laughs> that's hilariously fucked up. That's so fucked up it's funny. Yeah, um, that shit is a joke. Killed four even, people. And <laughs> that's crazy, man. Yeah, so Cameron and... Cameron's two co-defendants still await trial, but because they were both 16 at the time of the murder, their cases went to juvenile court, mm-hmm. but the district attorney went to move their case to adult court Damn. so they could be tried as adults. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I find I find nothing wrong with. They killed a kid who was trying to stay on the right path, living his life, wasn't in a gang apparently. They absolutely deserve whatever they get, but the fact that this kid was able to just skate away and go back to his life, even if he fucked up his parents' life, they'll be all right. Yeah. I want to show you the video. Of him what? Being on set? Yeah. Fucking throwing up signs? If I can find the damn video. Um, Cameron. Cameron. Uh, now this is. This is the news video. Because I want you to. I want you to. I want you to hear it. Okay. And see it. Okay so. Just play that video, and then I want you to play this. And I want you to play the third video down. Third, the that. bottom video, and then the third video down. Yeah, got it. So I got the first video up right now. Okay. The case made headlines when the teen admitted he was the. 
getaway driver and got out on bail. CBS News' Juan Fernandez is live in our newsroom at this hour with the jury's verdict. Juan? Not Jeff guilty Bristol, verdict. The jury found Cameron Terrell not guilty of all counts in last year's deadly shooting in South Los Angeles. It is a blow to the prosecution who said, despite his affluent background, Terrell ran around with known gang members. Yeah. Jurors also found... Oh, look at him in a suit. Yep. Look at him. <laughs> wow. He looks like exactly where he's from. Yeah, huh? <laughs> Put his suit on and combed his hair to the side. And yep. Wow. <laughs> look at him with the face. <laughs> I got a pause. You know how, like, it's some white dudes that look uh, like they've been living in the hood their whole life. Yeah. He looks like, nah, I just started doing this like two years ago. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm I'm rich as hell, but now, like, I hang out with the gang now. His bandana's all cl- crispy. Wow. That's crazy. He looks like Logic, the rapper. Yeah. <laughs> oh, they kicked over his. Wow, oh, yes. Wow, saw it, yep. Yeah, wow. That's crazy. I said, rest in peace, Justin Holmes. He should have died that day. And, you know, I pray for his family every night. That's Cameron Terrell. My life. This, this man lives in a 4,000 square foot home and drives a Benz. Yeah. God knows what was in my head that day. That day's. Yes. Wow, Cameron Terrell. All right, go to this one right here. This is called Chinko, Chinko by Cinco by Casper by Joker by Chu. That's the, the NH anthem. That's the music video that he was in. That's the music. Yeah. Wow. Is it hard? It's kind. Of, it's kind of you know that southern. Yeah, man. Oh, okay, like Blueface. Yeah. Okay. It's got that Oakland bounce yeah. to it. Man, I kill a bitch. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Yep. It's called. You see him in it? No. NH Anthem. Not yet. Not yet. Wow. He pop up yet? No, not yet. There ain't no coming back. It do be rocking though. <laughs> I just saw him. <laughs> oh, you heard this a couple times. <laughs> Wow, yeah, no, I just saw him. Yeah, he in the wow. end a couple times. Wow. I let this thing ramp, and I'm coming back. <laughs> wow. Wow. So that's the that's Young the Milk. Video. That's the music video he's in. Young Milk. And then when you go to the comments, it's like, everybody's like, oh, uh, I'm just here for Cameron Terrell. It's just all, it's all the comments is about him. Everybody went to go see that video. They have one. This video has 1.7 million views. Yeah, I'm sure, but mostly because of the, of the story by, around it. It's wild. It's wild. And they said but that it, it is kind of knocking a little bit. So yeah, you know, it is. They, <laughs> so, but when I did, um, when I tried to look up, you know, like how he is now. Uh-huh. Apparently, he's in college. Wow. Um, they say he st- he still reps it, but it's not like and they and they oh, still claim him. Okay. But that's this. They, they, so this it's just rumors. That's crazy. See, that's interesting though, because I was going to ask you like. He didn't. He didn't snitch. No, anything like that. He he beat his case with the privilege that he has of being who he is. Yeah, but he doesn't sound like he like folded or no. you know t- traded on anybody or anything like that. And I was gonna ask like, does would the gang have any animosity towards that? But it sounds it's like it sounds like they might just be like, yeah, man. I mean, he had to leave and <laughs> like they. I mean, we let him. We let him go. We let him. We, we let him. Uh, it's like when, like when you have a kid in the gang. Apparently, you can like, you know, like put your flag down. Like I'm retiring. Yeah. Like maybe they let him get that treatment. I don't know. I don't know. But 
I mean, but to let did. him go back to like now I'm in college now I'm just gonna go back to my life that was a little crazy moment yeah and he's still talking that way that's that's hilarious to me that two that's really a blow to the nature versus nurture argument because I don't he no way he talked like that five years prior no, no, to no, no. you know you can, so, you can hear it you yeah can hear in his voice yeah so it's crazy that he's like yeah I just want to say rice and pace you know Justin yeah. Holmes you know what I'm saying it's like he definitely that's a he started doing that yeah. So that all happened in a span of like two or three years. Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, he didn't snitch, and they killed a, the wrong person. I yeah. Mean, they didn't. He wasn't. That dude wasn't a gang member. So uh-huh. it was just like he was just. I beat my case, and I'm out. I didn't say you know I didn't snitch on who it was, whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know all those details. Right. But apparently, you know, they still you know claim him and he's still wrestling but it's yeah. just not as what it used to be he's, he's like I'm a, I'm a crip I'm a crip forever but yeah. I'm a crip over here in Rancho yeah. Cucamonga so, or wherever he's I don't from. know if that's true I want to know if he's still I don't know what he did with the tattoo I mean if he's still alive I, I have to assume he's I have to assume yeah. he's just living his life yeah. and you know moved on you know yeah. I'm, I would assume he staying as far away from that as possible you know um, but I wouldn't be surprised if he's living that life as you know on social media it's like yeah you know I beat my case you know it was crazy I was you know I was locked down in the cell you know just really hyping it up for social media's sake you could probably find him on social media probably you probably got shit private or something well that's a good point that's crazy though yeah that's that's privilege to the to the max you know what I'm saying to be able to dip your toes into the water and then when shit gets too real you can just call on all the other uh, um, privileges and things that you've had established in your life since you were born to get you out of the situation Everybody doesn't have a rich parent to call when shit gets too real. The Central Park Five didn't have a parent. They were all innocent and they didn't have anybody to come and get them the best situation and all that. They they yeah. really they had to go through all that shit. Yeah. You know, so that's 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 gross to me. He had a black lawyer too, that's crazy. That's that dude definitely got shunned for a little bit. I'm sure <laughs> it came back around, but it's like, you're defending this kid? Yeah. You know. So how does that work? You have to you have to choose the the case or how does it no, he know. definitely. They hired a yeah. lawyer. They chose him. I I don't know but I mean, why. Dude, so you, I guess you can't. You can't. He can't go. Nah, I don't want to take this case. I'll let that money they paying him. But I'm saying, oh, no, you're a lawyer. You, I mean, so you, you can, can say you no. Can. I guess, but oh, okay. you know, if they paying you money, that's your job is to be a lawyer. Yeah. And yeah. you want a high profile case. Yeah, true. No matter if it's yeah, if yeah. it's even if you're on the wrong side, you want a high profile case because if you beat the case, everybody's gonna come to you. All the yeah, kids, true. all the like yeah, like true. fucking Eric Couch. You you get Cameron fucking Terrell out of this. All the Eric Couch parents are coming to you. Yeah. Like my kids, they're coming to you with that. My kid's a good kid. He made a mistake. He's not this person. You, He's innocent. And it's like, okay, well, all right. Now my money's gone up. Yeah. Now the retainer's 80000 mm. I need that before I even open a book to start do the case. You got, I need 80000 up front. That's tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mick. Um, that Cameron Terrell story is super gross. It's very Takashi 69 yeah. esque. It's like, I'm going to put on the costume and do the stuff and whatever. Then when shit gets real, I'm, I'm dipping off. But apparently he stayed ten toes down more than fucking Takashi Six Nine, yeah. and he just beat his case using his white privilege. Yeah, <laughs> he didn't he didn't lie on anybody. He didn't thrat anybody out. He just used his power of white privilege and got out of the case and was like, "All right, man, now I'm gonna go ahead and go back to fucking uh, Parola Beach or wherever the fuck he said." Oh, I don't from. know if he he like to talk to him though. Like to probably. I wonder what I, what about his friend though. I ain't saying anything. I don't know if oh, his friend was well, the one. Oh, he's in prison for the rest of his life. Oh, what? Oh, okay. Might, I, I don't know. So if he, he might call him or something, or or he completely, or the information that you got is wrong, and he completely yeah. abandoned everything and went back to being a white kid from this nice neighborhood. Yeah, but I, I buy into that more than anything. But also the way that he was talking in that thing, it's like he might just be that now. Yeah. And that's the crazy. Like I said, the nature versus nurture. Like that's nurture. 
That's two years of calling some black lady mom in South Central and hanging out with these people. And in two years, he the whole 15, 14, whatever years of him being this preppy kid who went to parties where they eating shrimp cocktail and shit. Yeah. In two years, he turned into fucking YG. Especially if you all in on it. Yeah. Yeah. So that's but, crazy. but I mean, what I was asking, I want to know if his friend, I don't know if his friend was the one that was in on the shooting that that got him into the, the game. I don't know oh, that friend. I don't know. Yeah, that friend. I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. that's a good point. I don't know. But that so. friend might, they might still be cool. I don't know. Yes, yeah, wild. I, I buy more. Whatever he's living his life now. It so. makes more sense to me when you tell me like he's in college now and all these kinds of It makes more sense to me that he goes, oh, that was a crazy chapter. Now he's like fucking talking preppy again. Yeah. He's got the fucking fade because he didn't have it in that. Now he's got the faded uh, sides with the swoop haircut. He got more tattoos, but they're all to cover up the other ones. Now he's got like tribal things and other things like yeah. that. Started working out. That's what I'm picturing in my head. They started working out and he's in good shape and he's like, that was just a crazy chapter in my life. And now I go and do TED Talks, talk to kids about how gang violence is not the way. Yeah. And he's getting a bag from that. That could have went like a whole never way, though. They could have like, oh, this rich white dude, they could have beat his ass. Yeah, yeah, no, it could have been like, yeah. <laughs> like by, a, some, by another gang. Oh, you mean like them them, them changing like, their mind about yeah. him being, yeah, yeah. No, for, up yeah, for sure. No, it definitely could have gone that way. Yeah. It sounds like he's lucky enough and it didn't go that way. But so yeah, like, no, fuck him. him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, fuck that dude though. <laughs> In summation, fuck him. <laughs> like that's that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, so that's my favorite murder. That was a good story, right? man. Yeah. yeah. I I I remember that story, but I didn't know all the details. So I was that was um. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. The Eric Couch thing, I remember more than anything though. That was that shit was <laughs> what. Yeah. We're gonna go ahead and get because that's <laughs> that is fucking fucked up. And I'm gonna, so we're gonna go ahead and jump into these good vibes and not dwell on that any longer. Ah, uh, yes. Welcome to another segment of Good Vibes. It feels like it's needed in the world more than ever right now, so we're here to deliver it. Friend, would you like to deliver yours first, or would you like me to go? You can go first. Okay, my Good Vibes story this week is actually a story of uh, one of the most prolific and famous street artists in the world named Banksy. Uh, so uh, earlier this week, Banksy dropped off superhero nurse artwork at a hospital in the UK with a thank you note. Uh, a new Banksy art piece is inspiring the world since it was dropped off, and later hung uh, on display at the Southampton General Hospital in Southeast England Wednesday. The artwork shows a young boy playing with his favorite new superhero doll, a nurse wearing a cape and a face mask. So he's like, it's a, see if you can see it right there. It's like a kid, like oh, almost okay. like a super Superman. Yeah. Uh, uh, a nurse wearing a cape and a face mask. On the floor nearby sits his discarded Spider-Man and Batman action figure. So it's the picture's like, man, fuck these ones. These are not real. Mm. This one's real. Yeah. Uh, the nurse's arm is outstretched as if soaring off on a new mission with the Red Cross emblem em, uh, emblazoned on her chest. The artist left a note for the hospital worker saying, thank you for all you're doing. I hope the brightness, I hope this brightens up the place a bit, even if it's only a black and white. The elusive street muralist named the piece Game Changer on Instagram. He said, quote, here at Southampton, our, our hospital family has been directly impacted with the tragic loss of much and uh, Loss of much loved and respected members of staff and friends, said Paula. Uh, said Paula Heed, the CEO of the University Hospital uh, Southampton NHS Foundation Trust. The fact that ba that Banksy has chosen us to recognize the outstanding contribution everyone in and with the NHS is making uh, in unprecedented times is a huge honor. 
It will no doubt also be a massive boost to morale for everyone who works and is cared for at the hospital. The painting will eventually be will eventually be put on public display and ultimately auctioned with all the proceeds going to the that's what I was going to really get to is like I'll explain to you who Banks is if you don't know it in a second after that finishes. It is it is now on view to staff and patients on level C of Southampton General Hospital on the front line tackling the pandemic. So Banksy, for people who don't know, uh, there's actually a really good documentary he put out probably about maybe probably maybe about ten maybe seven years ago now. It's called Exit Through the, the Gift Shop. Mm-hmm. Banksy, nobody knows who Banksy is. I'm sure people know who Banksy is now. Like if you really want to find out his real identity, you can. But Banksy like hides his identity. He wears a, a bandana over his face and he does street murals. Mm-hmm. So he'll go to like the side of a bank and draw uh do a tag it with uh legally yeah uh uh-huh he'll tag it but he also does actual art like he'll he'll, he does pop up um galleries and stuff but his most known stuff is like on the side of buildings Hmm. like illegally yeah Yeah. and exit through the gift shop is actually a a, a documentary where a guy finds him and follows him through his process and it's like he's like his voice no, like he oh. he got permission, but oh, okay. the, he's like, yeah. So this week we're gonna go hit this. Oh, okay. His face is blurred. No, he jumps on buildings, does parkour and shit to get to the spots he wants <laughs> yeah. to fucking tag, and his stuff is is priceless. I mean, it it is worth immense amounts of money. He's one of the most prolific artists of our generation. Really, I have a fucking. This is actually a print right here. Oh, okay. This right here. Oh, he did that. Yeah, but that's like that? on the side of a building. Where is that? I don't know, probably in England somewhere. Oh, that's and dope. I actually have a book downstairs, like a book of all his stuff. I'll show mm-hmm. you after this thing. But um, that that thing that he made for them is it, going to auction for millions of dollars. Wow. Like, they, he gave them millions of dollars. Is he a millionaire? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I would assume. I would assume he's, he's doing it for free. I would assume, no, I would assume oh. he's making money off of his art, but I don't know who he is, so I can't tell you, like, he's worth this. I don't even know who he is. Yeah. I have oh, to nobody assume. knows who he is. Stuff that's like. the that's part of the thing. Like I said, I'm sure somebody knows who he is. He has oh. to have like an art broker and people who make the deals for him and stuff. Yeah. Somebody knows who he is, but his whole thing is like, I'm mysterious. You don't know who like I'm gorillas. not public. Like the gorillas. Yeah. Exactly. Like somebody knows who the rapper is on fucking the gorilla songs, but to the public, you're like, I don't know, he's that cartoon. Yeah. So somebody knows who Banksy is, but we don't know who Banksy is. The public doesn't. That's part of his allure. That's dope though. That's how I would want to live my life. Too. Yeah, it's like I want all the money and none of the fame. Yeah, and just appreciate the art for the art. Yeah, yeah. So he gave them millions of dollars. Really, once they go to decide to auction that, that's gonna sell for millions of dollars. That's so crazy. that's really cool. And it's gonna be turned into prints, and prints are gonna be sold, and all. It's gonna make a ton of money for them. So that's really cool. Shout out to Banksy. He's one of my favorite artists, and he's super dope. Yeah, that's dope. All right, my good vibes this week is um, people in their golden years have lived through a lot of difficult times. Sure. Most rem- most remember. Um, the six grueling years of World War Two mm. and the rejoicing seventy five years years ago today with the Nazi um when the Nazis surrendered. Yep. People made sacrifices and weddings were postponed. Mm-hmm. Lucille Elson of Orlando knows of a lot of people who in panic who are in panic about their weddings and sees uh parallels between today and World War Two. Especially she was supposed to be married in nineteen forty two, but then came to attack on Oh, sorry, but but then came the attack on Pearl Harbor, uh-huh. and f- and her fiance enlisted to fight. Their marriage would never would have to wait. Yeah, so maybe living through war and depression strengthens the spirit because GNN has been um, logging a lot of reports from around the world about seniors staying strong. Yeah, even when the novel, um, even when the novel uh, coronavirus 
we're seeing survivors in their 80s, 90s, and even in their hundreds, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, Great. when they were saying people like that, if you were like over like 70 or 65, you wouldn't, su- yeah, mm-hmm. you wouldn't survive in that. Uh, married couple Guadalupe and Jose, who lived in Madrid, Spain, mm. had just celebrated their 65th wedding anniversary oh, a, damn. a few weeks, yeah, a few weeks earlier when they both became ill with the virus. Although they were both 88 years old mm. and Jose had a stroke in 2012, oh. they both survived the infection in the hospital and now are home together again. Damn. Yeah, man. That's beautiful. How would you 65 feel? 65 years married. How would you feel? About what? If you were like 88 and then you got the coronavirus. I don't want to be 88. And then so you survived the coronavirus. I don't want to be 88, but I guess if I survive, that would be like a triumph to me for sure. Yeah, definitely. I feel proud. Yeah. Probably put my hands up like Rocky, maybe go run up the steps. Mm, 88? Don't think so. I'll walk up the steps. Yeah. Um, so in April, the same Red Cross hospital in Spain discharged six more patients mm-hmm. who have recovered from the virus who was ages between 78 and 90. Oh, damn. <laughs> I don't want no parts of none of this, man. I'm, I'm thinking like 77. Uh, Go uh, ahead and call it a night for me. Uh, yeah. Another notable uh, recent recovery from COVID-19 was Carrie Pollock, who was age 99. <laughs> 99, I mean, it, I think it should go game over. <laughs> I don't know. I want to live to, like, 100, but uh-huh. I feel like 99, it should be like, nobody's perfect, uh-huh. but 99 should be like, all right, man, you. that's where it ends. That's where it falls But off. you want to live to be 100. Yeah. You want to live past the point where you're like, people should just drop dead at 99. At 99, yeah. I, why? I don't want to be some person in, a, like, the, the skeleton in the wheelchair of SpongeBob just, like, in a room all day, like, hey. You know, I don't want that. I want to be coherent. I want to go out happy. You know, I want to go out like with a bucket list at like 75. I start my bucket list and however many years it takes for me to complete those things. And then when it's over with, not kill myself, but like I'm cool from this. If it's just, you know, I'm going to start eating crazy. I'm not going to take care of myself. And it's just life is going to take its course. 99, man. 99? Long time. Too much, bro. So she was admitted to Queen Alexandra Hospital in Portsmouth, Portsmouth, UK, after experiencing fever and suspecting pneumonia. She is now recovered and back at home, sharing glowing reports about her hospital staff. They were inspired by her as well. Um, these are wearing times for many, for many, and to see her leaving hospital after recovering 19 gave the staff um, a real boost. So Rita Reynolds, a grandmother from Liverpool, has also survived at 99 years old. Mm. People live a long damn time, man. Um, scoring a tie with Carrie Pullock for the oldest British survivor of the virus so far. How old was she? She was 99. Oh, that her? Oh, okay, that, okay. Yeah. So she tied with a Carrie. So 104-year-old Ada Zanuso of Belia, Italy. 104? Come on. Bro, she was born in 1916. Come on, man. Look at how much she saw. This is Lucille Ilson. At 100, she was at 102 in 2019. She looks great. She looks good. She looks great. She's probably very small. That's a picture. She's probably incredibly small. 104. You know, you shrink after like after like 65, you start shrinking. So she's probably incredibly small. Uh, so Ada had developed a fever and shortness of breath and later was diagnosed with positive for the virus. The centenarian, they got a name for it. <laughs> yeah, because octogenarian, that's the 80s. I don't know what the, the 90s is. They just went right past that and just got a whole name, a, na- a name for it. Uh, so she recovered well with no loss of her uh, lucidity. 
Is that what I say right? Whatever she had left. And intelligence, according to her doctor. How much shit could she have left? 104. If you make it to 104 and you're straight up just like lucid and I know what's going on, I could tell you my about my 16th birthday party, you're a one in a, a thousand. Like, that's very yeah. rare. Your body is a machine. My grandfather is 70-something right now. He's going through, you know, not remembering things and all that kind of stuff. So another 30 years of of. Of, the, of that from there heart just beating fine yeah buzz. that's crazy I feel like I guess like 80, uh-huh. 80 75 80 is like I feel like if I get to 75 I'm gonna be like every day is like oh I'm still here yeah I'm still here that's when you start that's 70 <laughs> I can't wait to get to 75 cause that's the not give a fuck window yeah where you just like man get fuck these kids yeah, whatever. I mean, I, man I'm going what I want oh savings account no I'm taking that I'm going to uh, Spain yeah just doing whatever you want yeah that's the golden years but the golden years is only like 75 to like 80. And yeah. now you are, like your knees start hurting. You can't go. You're like, oh, we can't fly anymore because, you know, I have a blood clot. So if I fly, it'll burst. And you start getting those kind of <laughs> issues. And it's like now you're just sitting in a room all day. And I don't want to I want to just go. I don't, I don't want to be at, at that point. I want to skip that point. I want to uh, just do the golden years and then it's a wrap. Hmm. I don't know. I'm trying to push 104 is crazy. Not 104. 100. I always 100. So I could say I hit a hundred. <laughs> to who? God? <laughs> who are you gonna tell this to? All your friends? I'm dead. All your friends are dead. Everybody's dead, man. Who are you gonna tell this to? Who are you gonna brag to? <laughs> I don't know. Brag to your great grandkids, like great great grandkids yeah, running sucks, around. Because my grandma always says she like I don't have any friends. It's sad. <laughs> it's so sad to be old. It, it, being old is the saddest thing. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Nick Swartz has a joke where it's like he goes and visits his grandma. It's like, hey grandma, so what? How was your weekend? It's like, well, uh, another one of my friends died, and it hurts when I breathe. Like it's, like, it's just like that's, that's just all. That's it. Once you, you pass eighty five, it's friends. like I'm in pain every day. <laughs> like my friend died again. Another friend that I had. I got a boyfriend that's younger than me. I got him. He's seventy five. He died. You know, he's my young. He's my young thing. He died. <laughs> that's you know what I mean. Man. Like it's crazy. Everybody then all, you you one hundred and four. You then you start getting dark. It's like. <laughs> My kid died. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, you get to, you know what I mean? You get to 104. It's like dark shit starts happening. It's like the kid I had died. Like, come on, you I don't live. Yeah, I don't live. Wanna, come on, you man. Your 60 year old job. <laughs> come on, man. That's crazy. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to experience that. Oh that's, god, that's too much, man. That's too much. It's too much. Shout out oh, to all man. the uh, what is it? Quintagenarians. Uh, yeah, man. Shout out to all the centigenarians, C- C- yeah. man. Their life is full of darkness at this point. I mean, it's crazy. I don't. I'm good. I'm good. Oh, but man. shout out to them though. I didn't think about that. That's hilarious. <laughs> that's crazy, man. That's that's crazy. You got to get wheelchair to your kid's funeral. Come on, man. And they didn't even. They lived a full life. Like they died at 80, and you're still alive. Like they they lived. A, it's not like some tragedy happened. Like they yeah. died of old age, yeah. and you're still alive. You're 110. <laughs> Come on, man. That's crazy. Just, just hanging taken, on. Yeah, just getting taken care of at an old folks home by somebody who doesn't love you. I don't want to live this life. Oh, God. I don't want any parts of it, man. But shout out to everybody that's, oh, you know, kids still kicking and, and doing it, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but man. with that being said, man, happy Mother's Day to all the mothers yeah, out happy there. Mother's all Day. the mothers. Yeah, all of all them, the you know, all the mothers out there. Um, all the all the mothers who, you know, have opened their homes up to uh, adoptive children. All those biological, non-biological. Shout out to all the moms out there. Shout out to all the dads playing moms. This is your day. Or it was your day. We're late. But still, every day is Mother's Day. Shout out to all of y'all. You know, all love. And like I said, it's still a couple of days left on those shirts. We got 11 minutes, uh, left. We can do this, y'all. Let's hit this 50. If we don't, though, everybody still gets a shirt. Like I said, I want to make it clear. 
Everybody still gets a shirt, but I'm an overachiever, and 50 is the number that we set. So let's get to this 50, y'all. We can do it. Okay? I've been Alvin Williams, joined as always by my partner and true crime friend, So Evans, and we'll see you guys next week. Deuces. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. Did you know a 2018 study showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual. When I was four months pregnant, I couldn't find a prenatal I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested for heavy metals, and recently earned the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. But don't just take my word for it. Get 25% off at ritual.com podcast.